No, this is not a Corona Mania watch-along party. No, this is not a Cancel Mania watch-along party. This is a WrestleMania 11 watch party here on Kicking Out at 2 this week. I'm your host, Dave Rosenbluth, and uh, let's just address the elephant in the room. Full disclosure, um, you know, uh, we're taping this podcast currently on March 14th. It's a Saturday at 11 o'clock, um, and as some of you know, as I've alluded to, I like to record several podcasts in a cluster so that I can have new, fresh content out for you because my regular real-life schedule sometimes can get a little messy with my multiple jobs and being married and just, you know, life in general getting in the way. So um, the last month or so in the month of March, I've had the entire month of March's shows recorded and in the can for you guys. Um, without really knowing uh, the um, the circumstances and the severity surrounding what's going on in our everyday life. Um, this podcast is set to drop April the 1st, Wednesday, April Fool's Day, to celebrate the 25-year anniversary of WrestleMania 11. I'll get to that in a minute. But um, like I said, want to address the elephant in the room and, you know, just briefly discuss a little bit um, what this coronavirus pandemic is doing to our lives and our everyday lives. And joining me this week um, to partake in this watch along, and you know, like I said, want to briefly discuss it. But I also want this to be a fun podcast for you guys to listen and check out um, because, like I said, at this time we don't know what the circumstances are. By the time this recording airs, WrestleMania could be postponed or canceled. We don't even know that, but um, we're still going to celebrate WrestleMania festivities as if it was going on um, heading into this weekend. So uh, with me, um, it's been a long time since you've uh, you, you've come aboard and uh, done one of these podcasts with me. Um, my brother Justin, what's up, man? Not much. I feel uh, I feel like uh, Brock Lesnar gets more appearances on Raw than I do on this podcast now. So I You're guess... like the Pat Patterson of <laughs> kicking out it to you. Okay. Come in for like the big shows, like WrestleMania. Get the finishes the done, yeah. And you, the, and you put the finishes out there. <laughs> so like you're I'm like, almost like the Undertaker now in maybe, WrestleMania. Yeah, you might even have like Undertaker type status. You're definitely a part timer, um, which may <laughs> which may offend the internet. So um, you know, but I know you thrive on that. So um, yeah, yeah, I'd be I offended mean, if you weren't offended. Yeah, Shit. <laughs> it means you're not doing something right. Yeah. Um, anyhow. Um, let's talk a little bit about what this is what this whole coronavirus thing has done to um our lives um and to the wrestling world as well uh like i said it's march 14th we're dropping this april 1st trying to get a few of these out of the out of the way because um life has uh you know taken a turn here and um you know, we don't know if WrestleMania is even going to happen at, at this point. It's it's still a, it's still a crapshoot. Um, just briefly tell me how this has affected your life and what do you think about the prospects of there not being a WrestleMania? Like I said, once April first hits, things could change either way. WrestleMania could still be going on, and this pandemic could either get worse or slow down, or WrestleMania might not be happening at all. Um, just talk to me a little bit about. Um, it. I would say, you know, first and foremost, you know. Not that I speak in any capacity other than my own, you know, everyone's safety is important, whether you want to believe in hype or hysteria or whatnot. Um, you know, this, 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 uh, virus is definitely infecting people, um, and it's affecting people's lives. You know, I think over, you know, over the course of the next few weeks, we will either, um, know or know someone who knows someone who is dealing with this directly. Um, so I think we need to be conscious of that and know that it isn't. A joke. It's not a hoax. It's not anything um, to take lightly. And I, I would like to think 
at this point on March 14th and by April 1st, uh, we will be seeing more serious efforts to attack it. Um, so let's just hope for the best. And, you know, I think, you know, let's remain positive as well and do our best to be cautious and live our lives and, you know, enjoy the company of our loved ones the best we can. Um, that's really all we can do. Um, as it relates to the world of WWE and WrestleMania, uh, I am one of many ticket buyers to WrestleMania. So I'm waiting anxiously to know what's going to happen. Um, so, you know, I, I will not fault anyone if this event does not go on as scheduled on April 5th. Um, so again, by the time we, by the time this drops, it could, uh, it could certainly not be going on anymore. Um, just kind of wait and see at this point. Um, for someone who's gone to 13 of these consecutively, this is literally a large part of my life on a yearly basis. So it's a little bit of a downer that, uh, Potentially, I'm not going to, you know, that hole in my heart won't be filled as romanticized as that might sound. You know, this is, I look forward to this every year. You know, even the, the moment the next one, the last one ends, I'm looking forward to the next one. I've already, I've already marked it on the calendar. So, um, you know, it's so it's, 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 it's going to be unfortunate if, it, if the event does not take place as scheduled. Because I think even if it is postponed, it just won't quite feel like a WrestleMania. It won't quite feel right so if they moved it to like june or july depending on how this whole thing plays out you you, you feel like it will still it won't have that same feeling um of a wrestlemania i think that'll be my initial reaction heading into the new postponed date if there is to be one mm -hmm. um that would be my hope my hope would be that they can bottle up that intangible that you you've experienced it yourself several times going to wrestlemania as well it's just there's an intangible to being at a wrestlemania or experiencing it watching it on television that you know where you're at whether you're in I, I, on your sofa or you're in section whatever yeah it's wrestlemania it's a special it's a special event you know and i know you know people think that's kind of corny but it really is so um i really hope they can they can bottle that up and still be able to mass produce it the way they know how mm -hmm. um, as best they can. And I yeah. have confidence that they can, but you know, you look at some WrestleManias and you go, you know what? That didn't quite feel like a WrestleMania, you know, Kinda maybe. Like the one we're gonna watch yeah. Today. So it's ironic that we're going to look at one that didn't quite feel like a WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, I hope that again, the magic of WrestleMania can be batched up and, 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 and put together, even if it is at another date, um, regardless of what the card looks like, regardless of, where the event might be, I still hope and have faith that it will happen in Tampa, Florida, uh, at some point, whether it is April 5th or later. Um, so yeah, I'm just anxiously waiting. Um, you know, I will make plans to, to attend WrestleMania as best I can. Um, should it be moved if it gets canceled? I think that'll be probably the true heartbreaking yeah. circumstance. Yeah. But, um, you know, again, the safety of, the everyone going and the performers and the you know the hardworking crew members and staff that will be helping put together the show is the safety of everyone is is more important so yeah. oh, of course if 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 it, if it if it has to be that way i understand yeah. um you just hope that it doesn't and we can you know we can find a way to enjoy it so yeah that's you know just as of march 14th before we you know I'm I'm waiting anxiously to find out what's going to happen, and I would assume by the time it, this drops, there will be an answer. Yeah. Um, it's for something. 
I would imagine one, so. One way or another. I yeah, one way or another, there will be some answer. So Vince McMahon and the WWE in the city of uh, of Tampa, Florida, waiting till you know April first. Yeah, I wouldn't decide, think so. No, you know, I would imagine you know that there would be an answer already. Um, yeah, determined and it's, by the and, time this podcast. And goes. I know, like off air, we've both speculated on in every scenario that's kind of been put out there, whether it's you know kooky or whatever it might be. Yeah. It's possible. You know, I'm sure. This is a billion dollar company and I know we you know the the guy at the top gets a lot of flack for the decisions he makes or reportedly makes or doesn't make or whatever. Yeah. Um but he's responsible for all of this at the end of the day, good and bad, and he will accept that responsibility and has. So whatever decision he makes. It's it coming, is- I think, with the most with as much thought and care and diligence that it can come with yeah i think whatever decision he makes there's going to be backlash on either end you know there are going to be those that you know that that don't want to miss out on this event and and would be upset with him for canceling or postponing it and then there are those that you know if he went on with the show they would be like what are you thinking you're a hardest yeah. bastard you know what i mean so you know damned if you do damned if you don't at least i personally feel when it comes to how this whole thing has affected me um you know my health is currently fine um the health of my wife is currently fine but as of march 14th she is currently in portugal with her family a trip that was planned you know prior to this coronavirus um breaking out and uh wednesday march the 11th she had flown from boston to portugal and about an hour into her flight was when our president donald trump had made the announcement regarding the the travel ban uh to europe so um you know my wife currently at this moment is not stuck in portugal um hopefully by the time this podcast drops she will be back she is scheduled to be back march the 18th um but um you know they've been trying to look for earlier flights to leave she's been trying to enjoy um the sights of lisbon um you know the last few days at the time of this recording and hopefully um you know by the time this drops that she'll she'll be home safe and sound and her health uh, will uh, will not have been compromised um so that I'm kind of dealing with that on that front, the uncertainty. Um, even though she is an American citizen, she will be able to fly back. Um, it's just a matter of you know when there are going to be flights available. When right. she arrived in Amsterdam, two thirty a.m. March twelfth, our time. Um, you know, there was nothing. And then she had to fly from there to Portugal. When she got to Portugal, there was, you know, wait times up to six to eight hours on the phone with the airlines trying to get a flight. So she and her and her mother and the rest of her family were like, well, we'll just kind of ride this out and enjoy yeah, you what paid we it for a vacation. Well, yeah, you paid for a vacation. Let's try and make the best of yeah. it. And, you know, she's 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 been enjoying it. But, you know, before we you know went on the air, she had sent me a message talking about how a lot of some of the other attractions have been closing down um, in the area in Portugal. And uh, there's been talk of trying to leave early if they can get a flight out. Um, So, um, you know, hopefully we won't, you know, hopefully this will be, you know, in the rear view come April 1st when we we drop this. Yeah, Um, if not, maybe we'll have to come back and record this all again. (laughs) No, I mean, I'll still still keep it up on the stream. I won't won't have to, you know, I, I won't, you know, have us do another watch along. Um, And I'm sure, you know with the severity and the gravity of the uncertainty in our world right now, I think people would, un- I think most people would understand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, of course. You know what I mean? I, I, because this is a retro podcast, it's not very time sensitive to what's going on in the outside world and in the current wrestling bubble. So that's why I do a lot of the pre-recording ahead of time. No, of course. Um, because I'm talking about, you know, events and prior to, you know, current day wrestling. So, um, but I thought this, you know, we could address this and just, you know, 
let everybody know out there that kicking out it too is well aware of what's going on in, in this world. Yeah, yeah, of course. In this pandemic, and um, you know, hopefully, we can try and make things. Um, more lighthearted for you as we watch uh, this WrestleMania 11. So uh, yeah, no, for sure. So uh, with that being said, um, you know, uh, why don't we get into it? Why don't we go to WWE Network right now? Hopefully, you guys are all uh, logged in and ready to go. Um, and you're going to search. You could search for WrestleMania 11, or you can go to the WWE pay per view section on the little space bar on the left hand side. You can find the year 1995, and the date is April the 2nd, 1995, WrestleMania 11, and it goes, I believe, I can find the remote control to the the, t the television. Oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> I found it. Look at that. Um, this show goes... Two hours, 25 minutes, and 36 seconds. We're going to watch this from start to finish. Um, gonna, I think we're going to have a blast with this one. There's a lot of reasons why we did this WrestleMania uh, you know, this week. Um, mainly because it emanates from our hometown of Hartford, Connecticut at the, at the old Hartford Civic Center. Um, me being a big New York Giants football fan, a uh, big fan of Lawrence Taylor growing up. Uh, he's in the main event with Bam Bam Bigelow. And uh, many regard this as, as the worst WrestleMania of all time. If there, if you were to cancel a WrestleMania, this would be the one you would have wished were canceled. Um, yeah, I would say, I would say, and this is probably not a good plug for the episode in general. <laughs> if, you were, if, you, if you literally canceled or erased this, this WrestleMania from history... I don't think there would have been any adverse effect to history in general. No. You would have not, nothing would have, I don't, I don't mean literally, but if you just took it out, like nothing happened on this show that you go like that started this thing. Or, yeah. You know, the, 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 the attitude era didn't start yeah. here. Or this the, wasn't one of those. This wasn't like that... an inflection point where, yeah. you know, some, you know, it, the, the, the tide turned or went better or worse or at any point it was just a, just a. it was just a pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, at the, and I say this now as a 31 year old person, but. As a six-year-old, this was so fucking cool. It was happening. Because it was WrestleMania. I was 12, yeah. Two exits away from our house, yeah. practically, you know what I mean? Like, I worked in Hartford for several years across the street from the XL Center, as did you. I worked and, in the building. Yeah, and, and, and yeah. And I've, Not and during I've, that time, obviously, but in later years. And, yeah. um, you know, I've, and, and I've attended many events there, and, you know, just for a frame of reference of how close we are to the XL Center, you know, where I, when I used to work in downtown Hartford, literally across the street... Um, from the XL Center, I could yeah, be scheduled to work at, at the at my bar at 10.30 in the morning, and I could roll out of bed at 10.20 and get in the car and get there in time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, park and walk in, yeah. and it's 10.29. Yep. So that's how, that's, that's how, uh, that's how close this was to us. So, um, yeah, th that, this is definitely one that, as I'm almost proud to say, is, uh, the worst WrestleMania, in my opinion, of all time. Yeah. Uh, we know, actually, for those of you out there that, you know, um, like going back into the history books and talking about, you know, best and worst of things. Um, currently, right now, on the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network feed on Podbean, you can find a top 10 countdown that Kobe, Kobe Knight and I partaked in uh, covering the top 10 worst WrestleManias of all time. He had a list and I had a list. This show definitely made the list, so spoiler alert, but hit the download button over there on the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network, searching Retromania with a W on Podbean. You can find that show, top 10 worst. WrestleMania countdown of all time. So, all right, enough talking. Time for talking is over. Well, at least this part of the talking. Uh, <laughs> Plenty of be, talking. We're going to be talking throughout this show. Um, 
I'm going to give you guys a countdown, and when I say play, you're going to hit play, um, and we're going to uh, we're going to partake in viewing the worst WrestleMania of all time, according to Justin. So <laughs> in five, four, three, two, one, hit play. The signature open of the World Wrestling Federation. The, not one they used a lot. No. Now, yeah, I remember this as a as a kid seeing kind of like they kind of just quickly retrospective all the WrestleManias the first before. 10, yeah. yeah, and it was very, you know, with that classic WrestleMania theme, which which I think they used as Linda McMahon's theme. Yes, that was her. That know, was her theme song. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Um, What's interesting in this in this clip is here they're showing the major you know all the celebrity involvement yeah in this in the, those WrestleManias um, there you see Macaulay Culkin Regis, Regis. Philbin um, I think Maples I think um, for me as a fan who was Arriba. a lot younger <laughs> who was a lot younger um, that didn't really experience those early WrestleManias most of the WrestleManias before eleven for that matter like I still remember like. WrestleMania 10 happening, yep. but not obviously watching it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the first decade of WrestleMania, as I'll say, just to kind of put a round number on it, um, and here we are, WrestleMania 11. Um, that Watching this WrestleMania and seeing all that go on was almost like an education of what WrestleMania was. Yeah. Um, and, like, you know, the important happenings that happened in each one. So, you know, that was important, I think, to a new generation, if you will, of audience. Um, and this was, of course, the WrestleMania of the new generation. To say that, you know, probably, you know, the first, first one, as, you know, Vince McMahon ended WrestleMania 10, he announced it was the blast off of the new generation. <laughs> and we were now in the full swing of that. And yes. I sold out Hartford Civic Center. And I've always looked at the Civic Center arena and you see the, the lights and the pathways of the, of the of sections. The stairs, That's yeah. how you know. It's the Hartford it's Civic It's not the Center. only one that has it, but you always look and you're like, was that Hartford? Even if yep. you see one that isn't that isn't Hartford that has the lights and the stairs, you're like, is that Hartford? Ah, that might be Hartford. So but. I'm gonna take some excerpts that I had picked up here regarding during this time period. From I'm gonna pull a Conrad Thompson and grab some excerpts of uh, news and rumors from uh, the Wrestling Observer. Um, one of them, which I found interesting because we're talking about the celebrity involvement here, was. Um, Meltzer reported that among celebrities expected at WrestleMania, other than Pamela Anderson, keep an eye out for one of the kids from Home Improvement. He didn't even name Jonathan Taylor kids. Thomas. And the guy who plays Martinez on NYPD Blue. And that's just crack reporting there. <laughs> like, he couldn't even go to the lengths of, to, f- of uh, to figure out the names yeah, of Yeah, the name of the people. actor. Yeah, it, I was just very, yeah. um, I was very surprised by it. Um... Another interesting story here um, that I wanted to discuss uh, briefly with you, and I didn't know this took place, but um, apparently during, you know, in the lead up to this WrestleMania, the WWF had turned down a Make-A-Wish request to have Bret Hart visit a terminally ill 11-year-old boy. Usually the sick children come to the arena, but in this case, the kid is too sick to leave his home, and the WWF's policy at that time was that they don't let wrestlers go to someone's house like that. Naturally, the refusal made front-page news in Worcester, Massachusetts, and the WWE got a ton of negative heat for it so the next day the company responded and said that while they still won't authorize Hart to visit the boy at his home they would give they would have Brett give him a phone call which got yet more negative press in the newspaper the next day really that is crazy I first off I never knew that I never knew that either first yeah. off if that happened in 2020 that wouldn't be just front page news that Facebook, would be everywhere Twitter, Instagram you know, fucking and, you know, snapchat everything and you, and you just add that to the 
to the you know to the chamber of things to hate about yeah. Bret Hart, Vince McMahon, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I mean, do you blame them? That seems like a pretty sound policy. If he's terminally ill and he could be contagious. Like, why would you, you know? Well, not even that. But you, you, this is you're putting him in somebody else's home. Yeah. You know what? Like, yeah, okay, maybe you can have a police escort or something like that or some security, but. You're going into someone's home. That is yeah. that is and not enemy, but uncharted territory. Literally, you don't know what that that's like. That's yeah. that's just not wise. Um, as much as you want to, you know, honor that kid's wish, and you know, I hope a phone call did some of that. You know, you gotta you gotta be smart. You gotta be you gotta be again practical. We don't get a lot of practicality in our world today, so I think that's a little rush to judgment on the part of people who you know wanted to slam down Vince McMahon and the WWF for for doing that. Yeah. Um, but I will say, you know, as a Bret Hart fan, if I was, if I'm on my deathbed in, in my house, Bret, you are more than welcome. <laughs> um, you know, and as no longer an employee, I don't think you need that clearance either. So yeah, yeah. you're more than welcome to come make, give me a, a, a make a wish, you know, on my deathbed at any point in time, if that, should that ever be the case. I don't know the name of the individual here who just sang the national anthem, but she was one of the um, athletes for the uh, Connecticut Special Olympics at the time uh, that sang the national anthem and the the. Special Olympics were taking place. We had, were hit like a milestone anniversary in 1995, I believe, that year. And that's why they incorporated her into the national anthem, um, as we see Vince McMahon. Well, you know, Connecticut is also, too, another thing to point out that I'm not, you know, I think we could both be proud of is that Connecticut is a one of the bigger states in terms of being champions for these and Special Olympics su- worldwide. Su- supporting people with special needs yeah, as well. Absolutely. And, and services so, that, are, that, that go behind, uh, you know offering the help you know i work in the field yeah so kids, so yeah so it's to no surprise that this has been something that connecticut the state of connecticut has been um advocates for as compared to the rest of the world um you know more so than most is you know you know the special olympics and everything else that goes around the care and attention that that those with physical and intellectual disabilities you know you know d- need and earn and deserve so but we got here the the Allied Powers, it looks like, and uh, at least one Hall of Famer. British Bulldog, Davey Boy Smith, finally getting his just due. Absolutely. Hopefully. I will say that, you know, given the, the scheduling of the Hall of Fame, I unfortunately, you know, should all things go as scheduled, I will not be attending the, the Hall of Fame ceremony. That's not on my WrestleMania itinerary. Um, this will be the first one you miss. This will be the gone. first one I miss. Well, we didn't go to 23, remember that. Oh, but 24 right. through 35, I've gone to every Hall of Fame ceremony. Um, and they're awesome, you know, even in their varying degrees of awfulness or greatness. They're all great in on some level. You take away something good from every single Absolutely. one. Yeah, they're, they're, they're really, they are yeah. special. Yeah. Um, you know, even if it's just a very little bit of it but it's anyways be, it's become more of a show in recent years yeah than it has been a ceremony in and of yeah, itself but yeah so you know batista getting in great nwo great batista you know bellas yeah they they they, they earned it um jbl jbl absolutely time, you know yeah. what i mean but then but the one that more. the one that got me excited even when the rumor mill was running was davy boy davy boy yeah. and i when i when that became all but confirmed and then eventually confirmed i was like Damn, I'm I'm missing that one. Yeah. I really wanted, you know, I really wanted to be there for that one because Davy Boy was, you know, as I've said before on the show, he's he's, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a junkie for the Hart family, the Kennedys of pro wrestling, and Davy Boy is 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 one of he's one of them. So yeah. you know, it, it's it, I wish I, I I wish I can see it. 
And I wish I could be there for that one, but unfortunately at this point I won't be. At this time, I don't remember this match being like heavily promoted and advertised heading into this WrestleMania uh, between you know the Allied Powers and the Blue Brothers, Jacob and Eli. And I also don't remember how Bulldog and Luger ended up becoming a tag team. Um, I don't think it was something that was like some big grandiose moment where they, you know, um, got together. Look at this spot here. Fucking <laughs> nails Davy Boy with the other. What does it tell you that Davy Boy Smith is probably the most capable and adequate performer in that ring right now? Oh, yeah. And Davy Boy was a good wrestler. He was actually under criminally Very underrated. Underrated, yeah. Um, but you For know a guy what? His size, like yeah. you don't expect someone his size to be able to do the things he was doing. Y- I you mean, know? like you give him a, a, a great dance partner, like a Bret Hart or Shawn Owen Michaels. Hart, a Shawn Michaels, and he can fucking hang. Yeah. Um, I watched a match with him in Undertaker recently on an old episode of Monday Night Raw, which was pretty fun. Yeah. It, it wasn't anything like spectacular, but I got into it. You know, twenty something years yeah, later. Yeah, and and if he didn't have those guys to work with. And you put him in the ring with someone else, he could he could lead, he could drive the car and do really fucking well. So yeah. I mean, again, Hall of Fame talent, you know, unbelievable. So again, just do deserves it all. Um, you know, super happy for for you know Davy Boy yeah. Smith fans, you know, all over because this is you know, like I said, criminally underrated. Yeah, you know, he's not just a big muscled up guy who. Uh, Vince McMahon likes like the guy can work. Yeah, no, he yeah he was he was pretty good. Now and honestly, like he's one of those guys that, um, you know, a couple of years ago at the in in the infancy of kicking out of two, I did a show called uh, Always a Bridesmaid, Never a Bride with uh, you know uh, wrestlers that um, you know were were so good, but they they never ended up winning the big one, the World Heavyweight Championship. And uh, I I don't think I put Davy Boy on that list of wrestlers. Yeah, and it's he doesn't get named. Really. It's probably something I, I, I should have, and uh, you know, names like Owen and 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 DiBiase, DiBiase, and and Kurt Henning. Even though he was the AWA World Champion, most people don't really consider that title um, legitimate given the circumstances surrounding that company at that time when he won the title. But um, uh, another interesting story that popped up here: the WCW during this time, the WCW Hotline reported that um, Lex Luger had given his notice to the WWE. WF really? before this event. Uh, Meltzer didn't think that there was any truth to it. It was probably just Mean Gene, uh, you know, trying to, you know, get more people to call the hotline. But um, uh, yeah, it, it, ironically enough, it wouldn't be until September of this year in 1995 when Luger wouldn't give his notice and he would just show up on Nitro. And that's when, you know, things really kicked off. But um to me, looking back on it, when you look at this this formation with Luger and Bulldog, as a kid, I liked them as a team. I saw like promise and potential, even though tag team wrestling wasn't really focused a lot in, in WWF at the time. But looking back on it now, as I'm watching this match with you, this was probably the beginning of the end for Lex Luger here. You know, the year prior, he was in the he was a part a big focal point of WrestleMania with Bret Hart and Yokozuna as the you know in that WWF Championship title picture, and now he's tagging with Bulldog the opening match in the opening match of WrestleMania, which some people look at as a demotion, but given. There was no buildup for this match, and there really wasn't a lot of buildup. Like I said, I don't have any recollection of how him and Davy Boy got together as a team. Yeah, you got to think that, like, looking back on it, this the, the, was definitely yeah, the writing's the, on the wall. Yeah, yeah. The, the, he, Luger's Luger's time was circling. You know, he was circling the drain. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that. Um, like, I think it all started once 
Luger got past that um, that angle with Tatanka and the Million Dollar Corporation, it was pretty much like, all right, this guy's, you know, he's he was still a star. That's what made this team kind of cool as a kid. Yeah, they, these are two two big stars. Yeah, they were popular, but they were they weren't really doing much. And um, you know, again, you know, I think in you know the this latter part of WrestleMania, I would say probably the last half of WrestleMania as we've had. The opening match has been a big deal. Yeah. It's either the opening match or the main event yep. are the ones. And in many ways, the opening matches are better. Um, oh, just, yeah. Just because of how long these shows are and so much that's on it and the roller coaster is just by the time you get to the main event, you're exhausted. Yeah, you're done. Yeah. Um, but this stage of WrestleMania, I mean, go back from 1 through 11. The opening matches are nothing to write home All about. Right. You, you, know, you want me to do that? Because I can do that right now. Go, yeah. WrestleMania 1, Tito Santana versus The Executioner. Right. WrestleMania 2, Mr. Wonderful and Don Morocco. Yeah. WrestleMania 3, Don Morocco and Cowboy Bob Orton against the Can-Am Connection. <laughs> WrestleMania 4, the WrestleMania Battle Royal that Bad News Brown won, which was decent because there was a story with him Yeah, and with Brett. Brett at the end there, but it wasn't like... WrestleMania it didn't five. get you out of your seat. Yeah. WrestleMania 5, Hercules and Haku. King Haku. No thanks. WrestleMania 6, Rick Martel and Coco Beware. Eh. WrestleMania 7, which was probably the best opening match going at the, at the time, was the Rockers against Haku and Barbarian. Dennis and I actually watched that okay. when we did the Mount Rushmore of, of Mania openers last year, which you can find in the archives. Um, WrestleMania 8, El Matador Tito Santana and Shawn Michaels. WrestleMania 9, Shawn Michaels and uh, Tatanka. Tatanka. And then probably the greatest opener in WrestleMania history, yes. Brett Noen from WrestleMania yeah. 10. A yeah, year so outside so, of that so one... Two out of the ten... You know, those were, you know, yeah. Brett Owen and the uh, and the Rockers yeah. tag match. And I would say that the Brett Owen one just laps that one twice, three times. Oh, yeah, even the, Brett the Brett Owen was probably still. You it's, know, if someone yeah. said it's the best one, I wouldn't argue with them. Yeah. And I'm not. And I happen to think it probably is. If it's not, it's it's one A or two. Yeah. No, um, I, I, I still think it's the greatest opener in yeah, WrestleMania history. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. So to me, like that was that was a, an anomaly compared to what the trend was for how they would build a card. It wasn't. Let's get the people out of these seats and let's give them, you know, the best wrestlers we have in the first match to, you know, yeah. like, like any like rock concert you go to, they, 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 they start, they kick you off strong with a good song, you know oh, what I Jesus. mean? A good track. Ugh. Um, and, that's the and they end. win. Yeah. See this? I mean, it's just that that's not what these matches are for. They, it was almost like a steady start with these WrestleManias. They steadily build you up to the matches that matter. Yeah. Um, versus kind of placing them strategically in a way that, you know. All right, it gets you started strong, then lets you down a you know yep. a let up here, and then bring you back up. And the roller coaster was uh, yeah. is more up and down now than it was. The I let think, me more. up match, the popcorn match. Yeah, yeah, I would say this. See, this is the most exciting part of the opening match. The pyro. Yeah, the post <laughs> the post match celebration. I, I, it really, yeah, that's fine. You know, America, red, white, and blue. You know, all that the stuff. Union Jack, yeah, and yeah, United but, Kingdom. But overall, I think it's just. You know, this was more of a steady... Turn around the hard camera, you fucks. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, this was what just, are you doing? <laughs> this was... These WrestleManias were more steady starts. Um, yeah. Than they were, you know, like I said, strategically placed and, you know... And you know something, too? This is... I want to get your take on this. I know that you, you talked about how long WrestleManias have become in recent years. You know, being literally, like, 
almost like full nine to five workday hour type WrestleManias. Like that's how long they've become. You clock in, but man. If you look at some of the earlier WrestleManias in the first decade, there were fourteen and fifteen matches in several of these cards. WrestleMania six, WrestleMania four, yeah, and they're two but, hours. Yeah. Yeah. Like, think about that. You know, people complain, like, oh, there are too many matches. These shows are long. But, like, you look and they're, like, two and a half, three hours, you know, three, three and a half tops in some, of the, in, in some of these WrestleManias. You know, what do you think about when you go back and you watch the older WrestleManias compared to now with the long match? Oh, we see Nicholas Martinez. Yeah, the guy, yeah, yeah. The guy from NYPD Blue. Turo. He's Martinez from, yeah. from NYPD Blue. And then I think this was during the period of time where... They had terrible issues with the audio yeah, throughout the entire night of the show, and you couldn't even hear how. See, they cut, they cut the camera because they, they could. Yeah, they cut the feet because they couldn't hear him. Did Kevin Dunn call in sick that day or something? Like, what yeah. the fuck happened with their yeah. production? He probably thought it was show. at the New Haven Coliseum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Closer to New York. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Um. What? Yeah. As far as like the 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 length of the shows, like man, when you watch them now, like this is gonna fly compared to four and five hours. Um, but again, in the moment, it feels like a lifetime. Yeah. Um, I will say though, it's just the way your mindset is. It's like, it's like going to work when you get that first shift at the new job, a four hour shift feels like a fucking eternity or an eight hour shift feels yeah. like an eternity. And then after you do it for a couple of weeks, you're in the, it's, you're in the groove. Yeah. So like, for instance, in these last few years of going to WrestleMania's where they're five hours, you know, like last year in New York. I thought it was going to be bad because of the weather. Like, it could potentially be cold and long. But by the end of it, I was like, wow. All right. Like, I think I'm used to five-hour yeah, WrestleMania. Yeah. So I'm not really too concerned with it as much anymore. If there's a show that deserves to be that long, by all means, be that long. Um, you know, I just think you could use that time to really give good time to the meaningful well, matches. Well, that's the thing, too. Like, you know, you, they cramp... You have a couple 30-minute matches, I feel like, on yeah, a five-hour show. Not just one. Like, I, I've said to you before, too, like, um, you know, last year there were 16 matches on the WrestleMania card. You could have take, you could have probably taken five of those matches, shaved them off, and put those those guys in... Or even girls, for that matter, in those respective battle royals. I, yeah. Like, I'm... A lot of people don't like the, the Battle roadie. Royals. Like, they're not big fans of the Battle Royals. Me, personally, like, if you put a story in the Battle Royal and you put some stakes up, like, for the Andre the Giant Battle Royal or that WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal, the uterus trophy they fucking yeah. have, you know, for, for the last couple of years. If you put some stakes and make something matter and you, you, you have mid-card, high-mid-card, maybe even some top-level guys in the match that, that, that take that match seriously... You could make the Andre the Giant Battle Royal and the Women's WrestleMania Battle Royal have some more meaning to it where people don't look at it as a throwaway match or a match where we get all these guys on the card so they can get a WrestleMania payday. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, like last year, you could have shaved off like six or seven matches on WrestleMania and put them in the respective battle royals, given time to the matches that needed or deserve the time, like an AJ Styles and a Randy Orton, yeah. or like, you know, um, even the, the, the triple threat main event with the girls, or Kofi and Daniel Bryan probably could have gone another karate 10 or 15 kid. minutes. <laughs> karate the karate kid. one, two, three kid. <laughs> no, I agree. I, I think, to me, I'm of the of the proponent, I'm of the, of the, the, the school of thought that these guys... I don't want to say does you know they need to earn, they need to earn it, but I feel Back like they not everyone made it to the rest yeah, of the and, show. Yeah, and I think there needs to be like a an element of that that is 
that we, um, I'm sorry, we, like you got to earn it. You know what I mean? Like it, it should mean something to For me. For the record, it. guys, that was my roommate's girlfriend you hear in the background. She just came back from the grocery store with some fucking toilet paper because that seems to be a problem during this pandemic. So thank you, Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I think it's, um, yeah, that good, good on her. Um, it you just need to you, you got to earn it. I feel yeah. like you know it's like you know not everyone makes the playoffs. But even, um, well, you know, like let's put it to you this way: like all those guys and gals, they work so hard, you know, throughout the year, making those big, making the towns, doing you know, as they say, doing their shots, you know, um, going through the crazy schedule, especially those like overseas tours that are just like marathons, you know, fourteen, fifteen days of shows in a row. Like I get your 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 point of view of like they need to earn it, okay? But if you can't have a substantial match on the card, then why not the Battle Royal? Yes. No, 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 no. I'm not saying don't do the Battle Royal. Um, but I feel like... I think that's kind of... I, kind of, I think I agree with you in the sense that, like, you could shave off matches. Don't just throw Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio Jr. on the card because they deserve... They, that you want to get them on the show. Yeah. When they... When you could just put them in a Battle Royal, they'll collect their payday. And to me, that's almost like... It's almost a clear you know, demotion. Like, all right, like you weren't good enough to get your own spot on the show. Yeah. We're putting you in here. Go make something of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then maybe next year You won't be in the battle royal. Yeah. You'll have a match with yeah. some time on Look the Look at Becky yeah. Lynch. Becky Lynch is in the the Moolah Miss WrestleMania women's whatever it's yeah. called this year, Battle Royal. Um the Be- year prior and then she made the main then event. Then she made event at WrestleMania. Yeah. So I'm not saying that that was a catalyst for something, but you know, I think you can use that as a tool to say, hey guys you didn't deserve to get a spot in the card, so you guys are going to all share this moment right here, so go make the best of it. And I think that's... Look at this, for instance, all right? So I'm glad you kind of, you know, you we're on this subject here. Right now we're watching Jeff Jarrett and Razor Ramon for the Intercontinental title. Razor Ramon, obviously a big star in the WWF at that time, one of their one of their flagships. You know, there was a handful of guys that you recognized the WWF with, and he was at that time, him, Sean, Diesel, Brett, Undertaker, like that was like the core yeah. five guys, you could say. A year prior, Jeff Jarrett was scheduled to be on the WrestleMania card in an eight-man tag with the or a 10-man tag with the Head Shrinkers, IRS, and the model Rick Martell against the Smoking Guns, Tatanka, 1-2-3-Kid, and Bob Holly. And because of time restraints, with the ladder match going over a certain period of time that Razor was involved in with Sean the year prior, they got bumped off the card. The next year, he's the Intercontinental Champion going into this WrestleMania yeah. against Razor Ramon. And at that time, as a kid, 25 years ago, was a pretty high-profile match. Yeah, and then another example on this card, Bam Bam Bigelow and Luna Vachon faced Doink and Dink. In a mixed tag. In a mixed tag at WrestleMania 10, which, you know, being a, being on that card in any capacity at Madison Square Garden is no joke. Yeah. But... That's where they were, and look where Bam Bam is on this show. Yeah, main eventing main event and, and being Taylor. trusted to wrestle a non-worker in a in the main event of the biggest show of the year. So, <clears throat> I think there needs to be some level of and and I'm and I'm sure there is, but I think you know the acknowledgement of a level of competition amongst the talent to to earn you know their spot and 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 carve carve out their spot. I think yeah. you, you know you you know you're good when they say you know what we got to get Rey Mysterio on this show somehow. That's why he gets a match with Samoa Joe on the main card. Yeah. That's a minute and 20 seconds because he's Rey Mysterio. Yeah. You know what I mean? Randy Orton and AJ Styles last year. 
not really a, a, a substantial match from a storyline perspective that people wanted to see. The talent in the ring, yes, but no one wanted, no one was aching and dying to see that based on the promotion they put behind it. But they looked and said, "We AJ Styles and Randy Orton need to be on the show somehow." Yeah. So that's a level that I think that some that you need to strive for. You can get to that level, then you're going to get a spot in that card every year. Uh huh. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's 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 interesting how like WrestleMania has evolved on a number of different levels, and especially with um, the way that the card has you know panned out and shaped out over the years, and how they structured the card. Like you said, you know, you take a guy just based on his skill alone. Well, we got to put him in a match. You know, um, at, during this time period in 1995, they didn't have that luxury. That's you know, a spot there from the roadie. They had. They had what they could. Ooh. They did what they could with what they had in 1995. They, I wouldn't say they were running a skeleton crew back then, but they didn't. You know, they were making stars. Yeah, this was in the transit. This this was a transition, maybe. Yeah, yeah. and a, there are a lot of them. Our yeah. lifetime of wrestling fans, you know, people harken back to the best stuff, and you know, anything below that is seen as the shits. And you got to understand, you know, and we are arguably in a period of that right now of just transition um, when the company itself evolves you know in the world we live in and people move in and out it's a it's a never-ending story and you know the transition periods are gonna come yeah you know and you know they they as they follow the audience as best they can and the audience certainly makes it difficult um if not obvious uh for that to happen so you know again like you said they they you do the best you can with what you got and you know i think that's WrestleMania, not just this one, but everyone is is like to me. It's like the State of the Union. Like you see the state of the business, and its most clear form. Mm-hmm. Hap- like when you watch that show, it kind of lets you know this is where the wrestling world was in 1995 or yeah. 2019 or 2020. You know what you you, you just get the overall uh, the 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 health check, the wellness check on where wrestling is at that point. So that's what I look at WrestleMania to be now, and you can see just by watching it kind of reminds you of where we were and and you know watching this wrestlemania yeah now let me ask you something um we've talked about the you know how bad this wrestlemania most people most fans think this show is based on match quality production just overall um presentation um what do you think twitter and social media would have been like had it was around had it had it been around in 1995 when this mm. show happened. I mean, wrestling fans and critics are pretty brutal now on social media. What what do you think social media would have looked like? Uh, you know, had WrestleMania 11, you know, had had it been had it been prevalent during this time. Period? Uh, God, it would have probably been the worst WrestleMania of all time. Yeah, uh, that's why I say it now, and I don't say it, and I didn't say it in 1995. Yeah. Um. I think we're just conditioned to see things as the way WWE is kind of bottled up their method of production and presentation. Yeah. So when I when I say it's the worst, it has nothing to do with the the match quality per se, as it has to do with how this WrestleMania was presented. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing about it that was special. Um, and I'm not saying that the celebrities weren't special and LT wasn't special, but it didn't feel. It doesn't, and looking back, like, it, it, it just wasn't something that was 
like I said, you could erase it and you wouldn't have missed a beat. Yeah. Um, I just, I just, yeah, it's just, it's just that. I just, I, I don't think it's, um, it just didn't feel like a WrestleMania. It felt like a pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, and they tried, you know, they tried they, salt and pepper and, you know, LT and, you know, the kid from home, Improvement. the kid from home improvement, <laughs> you know, they tried. The guy who played um, Martinez on NYP. <laughs> right. I still can't get over that. Yeah. Uh, it just it just wasn't um it just wasn't special um yeah. it didn't feel like it didn't feel like it um it had that and i think again we're just so conditioned to seeing how they produce and present a show that when you see fuck ups like a audio or something like that or just again the presentation here compared to 25 years ago also plays into a factor there's the the, the production value is average at best yeah that's not wrestlemania quality yeah at least today so that's also probably what hinders my perception of it now is that this just looks like any old show well speaking of any old shows um during this time period uh leading up to this news had broke um according to Meltzer that the wwf had taken wcw's bait and decided to add four new pay-per-views to their schedule this year in 1995 bringing their schedule up to nine pay-per-views for the year equaling with wcw the additional wwf pay-per-views will actually be cheaper than usual only 14.95 which comes as a major surprise since higher prices haven't kept people from buying pay-per-views in the past so offering the new events at a cheaper price probably leaves money on the table and makes it seem like these events aren't as important now um the first of these WWF pay-per-views that take that will take place will begin following this WrestleMania in the month of May, and they will be they will be called In Your Home, according to In Your Home, according to Meltzer. This guy's killing it. Between WWF and WCW, there are already 18 pay-per-views scheduled for the year, not to mention the possible AAA and UWFI pay-per-views as well as four UFC shows. But by increasing the number of pay-per-views and increasing the cost, both companies run the risk of oversaturating the market, and the pay-per-view distribu- distributors might be wary of giving an unproven wrestling group a chance. This might hurt AAA or even ECW's chances of running future pay-per-views of their own. The four new pay pay-per-views starting with In Your Home will be cheaper and shorter than normal pay-per-views and WWF is planning to make a distinction so that fans know that these mini pay-per-views aren't the same as the traditional big five pay-per-views. Now, what do you think about that? I think it was like sound strategy back then. You wanted to compete with the market that was trying to to, to kind of you know, not be saturated, but WCW clearly had a, a, a plan in mind with all the pay-per-views ooh, all the pay-per-views they were trying to pump out. Um, in Vince McMahon fashion, he he's I don't want to say compete directly, but he he wants to he wants to have some he wants to have a seat at that table. Yep. Um, and that's totally With fine. Boxing and other yeah, you, know, you want to have a seat at that table. You don't want to be the, the you don't want to be the worldwide leader in sports entertainment and not not, not have the exposure on on the medium of pay per view, which he by and large helped create. Yeah. Um, he doesn't want WCW taking over that that mantle. So, um, you know that's. Very sound, very smart, and I think doing it at that price point, I think, was, you know, a good strategy to to kind of create the convenience for fans, but also, um, you know, get more money out of your more passionate fans um, for for what we know now or call now B show B level pay per views. Yeah. These are B li- big four. Yeah, yeah, these are B sh- These are B pay per views, B and Cs or whatever. You know, however you want to B plus categorize them. Yeah, um, that's what these were, um, and they did overall. I think. You know, in the what three years, four years that they were around in name, they they provided good moments overall. Yep. And you know, the price point I thought was you know 
a good demarcation that's pay. what i used to try and sell dad on when like because you know you, you remember growing up we didn't get many pay-per-views we obviously got this one and i remember wanting to go to this show and mom and dad saying well we can't afford the tickets to go but we'll let you order it on pay-per-view right and that was like the big and then when they announced that there would be these new pay-per-views called in your which would eventually be in your house not in your home um I remember like fourteen ninety five, and then eventually, as you know, time went on, it went. It became nineteen ninety five to order the pay per views, the in your house ones. I yep. used to try and sell Dad on them, like Dad, they're not as much as Survivor Series, or they're not as much as the Royal Rumble. They're fifteen dollars, and I just remember Dad just being like, I don't care. <laughs> like, I, I don't give a shit. Like, well, I, I, I probably from his side too. He's like, well, if we order all of those pay per views, yeah. then trust me, you ain't sure as hell not getting Survivor Series. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. you can count WrestleMania. Out. Make yeah. this one count. We're yeah, gonna, we're gonna let you get this one. Yeah, yeah. fifteen dollar pay per views. If you order four of those, that's yeah. that's that's more than we're paying for this one. Yeah, so exactly. You know, that's yeah. That's 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 pretty uh, sound. Yeah. You know, strategy there. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was cool. Um, and, and then, of course, you know, you, you'll see it, you know, if you ever do a watch along or have before, when they do the inner houses, you know, it's kind of cool. They had the little house set and, you know, the first one they gave away a home, I think, right? Yes. Like, I thought it was a cool concept for Some the Some 10-year-old kid won a house. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Still got this match going on. I think this might be, just given it's the time it's like got already, match of the night. <laughs> Yeah. Of two matches. So far, yeah. But I mean, look at these are two Hall of Famers. Of course, it's the, you know, match of the night. And then you got a Hall of Famer on the outside as a manager, and you got a Hall of Famer on the outside, the other yeah. side as a manager. You got this four Hall of Famers Hall of Fame, right Hall of Fame package right here. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, the, no, these guys, they, they, uh, you know, you're killing it with the segues, man, because for some of these stories I got, and you're bringing up these topics. Um, there's another one that comes to mind here at the Slamboree pay per view in May. WCW will be induct will be inducting several wrestlers into their Hall of Fame. Confirmed so far are Dusty Rhodes, Fritz von Erich, Dory Funk, Antonio Noki, and Jim Barnett. Um, there was talk of inducting Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, but that's out the window now because Steamboat was reportedly threatening a lawsuit against the company for wrongful termination, stemming from them firing him ten weeks before his contract ran out after he was injured. ending was a good match. Yes. Which I was kind of disappointed in because I remember when you know this match was announced, I was kind of hoping Razor would beat Jarrett and get his belt back. Because of the way he lost it at the Rumble a few months prior, um, and when they had you know announced that one two three kid was going to be in his corner, I was like, oh for sure he's got you know he's got some backup now. Yeah, um, I kind of remember being disappointed with with the finish of this match because I really wanted Razor to win. Um, yeah, uh, no, I, I see that's not like a very WrestleMania like it's like I feel like it's just a it's the continuation of a storyline, and I guess that's part of it too. But these are, especially then, where these were the events where the, where the, the blow-offs happened and the conclusions to angles you know, were more you know, prevalent. You, you know so it was a this? little. What's that? You know how they continued this? They at the at the in your house pay per view they booked Razor against Jarrett and the Roadie in a handicap match, for the Intercontinental Title. Oh. And that's how they introduced Savio Vega. Oh, okay. So I think what happened was was like they they did this angle here with Jarrett and, and Rhodey hurting Kid's leg, um, because one of the reasons why he didn't wrestle on this card to begin with was because he was hurt. Um, okay. From what I've been reading, um, doing you know doing some research, so they kind of wrote him off here. Razor would continue on, and then. Um, he would get his friend from the streets. Savio I come to fight. Stone Cold Steve Austin to fight your life in the WrestleMania. That I would want be the you, next year. Stone Cold. 
You ever heard Bruce Pritchard do a, a Savio Vega impression? It probably sounds a lot like that, I'm oh, sure. I was fucking dying one day. Like Conrad kind of set him up on the podcast. They were doing a watch-along of uh, an episode of Raw, and Savio came out, and um, he said something about, you know, how would it sound if Savio Vega said this? And Bruce was like, ah, chichi wah like, Oh, my was, gosh. Like, I was just fucking dying. Like, I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> and look at this here. Jim Ross with his Discman headphones yeah. on. <laughs> this was like, this, I think this was the problem. The new technology they were trying to 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 administer for the production of this show may have been a little bit above their pay grade, and they didn't yeah. know how to really um, really get a hold of it, and that's why they had a lot of issues. There was a lot of issues even with those those post matching. You could hardly hear those guys talk. Yeah. Jared didn't put the mic in front, and then here's Martinez yeah. again. Yeah, he's like a finger in his ear trying to hear stuff. It's, <laughs> yeah. Vince, I can't hear shit right now. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> I'm back here with a cigar store Indian, the, the oh. tax man, <laughs> and Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> yeah, oh man. He's having the time of his life. That is actually the green room, the the, the official green room uh, of the uh, the XL Center. Is it? Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, That's neat. I've, I've uh, when I worked in the building and there's been some uh, catered functions and events like concerts and stuff. Um, that's where a lot of the uh, the the dignitaries uh, so was that hang out. So that was Vince McMahon didn't want that as his office. I'm sure that he. Well, there's there's other um, there's other I, rooms. I'm there's sure, other yeah. rooms and bigger bigger set. This is this is small to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, this is a smaller room. Yeah, but yeah, there's there's Sid, criminally underrated in my opinion. Even though he, uh, you know, uh, his I mean, he is half the man that you are. Yeah, I mean. He's he's a, he's a killer softball half player. The brains, yeah. Half the brains, half the brains that we have too. Yeah. But yeah, I guess he's, he can definitely hit a fucking softball about yeah. the size of his own head. So I liked I liked this pairing with him and Sean. I thought it worked. I was I was I was into it when when they when they brought Sean in with him. Or when yeah. they brought him in with Sean. I was like, yeah, like it, it definitely worked here. Man. The walking condominium. Yep, King Kong Bundy. May he rest in peace. Yeah, my friend, uh, my friend Jesse, his cousin. Yes. Yeah, his mother is uh, the cousin of Mr. King Kong Bundy. Did you Did you hear the story? Um, it was not long before he passed away last year. I think Tommy Dreamer told the story that Dreamer was working for WWE and they had called Bundy because they wanted to put him in the Hall of Fame and. He like went on this like tirade to Dreamer on the phone about like how much money Vince owed him, and he promised him the belt. He promised him to beat Hogan at WrestleMania two, and and he went on this tirade. And then apparently he left a voicemail on Vince McMahon's office <laughs> answering machine, pretty much telling him to go fuck himself. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, like crazy. This and this was I think. I think they wanted to put him in in 2013 when they were in the New York, New Jersey area because he's from New Jersey. Yeah. Um, and I think that's when they had reached out to him. And um, Dreamer wasn't working for the company at that time in that capacity as far as I understand. But um, a lot of football dignitaries in attendance for this pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, it's a sad situation. I know um, at least, you know, I don't, I don't want to speak for my friend or his family or anything, but, uh, you know, the the man behind the 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 moniker King Kong Bundy didn't wasn't really left with a lot in life. Um, really, towards the end, um, 
but didn't save his money or had some. Um, I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know about that necessarily. He wasn't. He wasn't toiling away in his 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 he, riches. Right. Yeah. I don't know if he was quote reti- living retired life. Yeah. Um, on the way out, but um, you know, I think the, the he pop up in the convention circuit yeah, once in a while. From yeah. What I remember for sure. Yeah, and I think I think you know you know he's from a generation that you know he's was remnants of a wild west generation of wrestling where you know the care of the wrestlers. Um, wasn't so emphasized as it is now, or was beginning in even the nineties. Yeah. Um. So you know, it's it's unfortunate. Um. You know, you know, as a you know, as a friend of mine, I do feel for him, and you know, you know, at least I had it expressed to me that you know, just you know, the way things were for guys like him that didn't quite make it across the finish line the way you would want anyone to live oh, live yeah. a life. It just you know, it's a it's a it's just a reality of life that I you know, just unfortunate. But ultimately, you know. You see these guys getting the the, the better care at least, um, and kind of having systems in place and advocates and such that can that can get them what they need, um, so that they you know they have a better quality of life. So, yeah. But uh, you know, with that being said, King Kong Bundy was always kind of a little favorite of mine. Anyways, um, before I ever knew he was related to my friend from high school, um, just you know. You could, you know, if you saw that dude walking through an airport, he was a head turner. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he could, you know, he, he was certainly, uh, he was certainly who he said he was, you know. And, you know, the five count was always cool. And, you know, even here and more my generation against The Undertaker, this was, you know, this was, this was an Undertaker opponent if there ever was one. Oh, yeah. I mean, sure. the, the list of, you know, early WrestleMania opponents, um, reads a who's who uh for undertaker in terms of uh lack of match quality um you know a who's who of legends and hall of famers well yeah i mean overall in general but like the early wrestlemania years you know giant gonzalez wrestlemania 9 this match here wrestlemania 11 11 with king kong bundy the snooker match at wrestlemania 7 really wasn't much to write home about the jake the snake roberts match at wrestlemania 8 i thought was a huge disappointment um I, I and that was during a period of time in my fandom where I I looked at Undertaker as like the ultimate bad guy because he's the Undertaker and the fact that like they were trying to position him as a good guy like I was I, I as a kid I had trouble buying into that right um, because of the you know the the criteria of what a good guy and a bad guy was you know there's that there was that joke that jerry lawler had um now who's this ref who's this he guy? was a major league baseball umpire this was during yes the, that's right this was during the uh the baseball strike in in the 90s uh-huh so of course it was vince mcmahon capitalized on this and made him a a pro wrestling referee i don't know how good he became as a referee or if he had any kind of pro wrestling yeah, background I'm really to knowledge look because like he I mean, to be a referee, you gotta, you know, you're the one that's kind of driving the car. Yeah, so you're, a, you're, a, you have a very crucial role in the in the match. So you know, uh, I, unless you know he didn't have any knowledge, and Bundy and Undertaker just you know were the ones to really drive the car, and he's there just to kind of make the count. Yeah, so I love how he's sitting there like, yeah, like, come on, like, yeah, he's not, hey, yeah, he's 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 playing the part. Um, I'm just trying, trying from whatever camera shots we're getting here. I'm trying to look around the ring and see if there's like a an actual referee there maybe that's kind of helping produce yeah the guy in the ring or maybe he's got an earpiece yeah like Like most of the guys do 
Yeah, exactly. So I'm kind of curious. I'm looking around myself. One thing that I am seeing, obviously, to look around that we don't see anymore that I kind of miss the is... The photographers. Yeah, yeah, I think that is the coolest thing. It makes it like, um, more credible, like a, like a boxing yeah, fighter. Yeah, now, now I know they, 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 they position the photographers and the media... At WrestleMania, so we're on the hard camera side by the production tents. Yeah, um, that's where they that's in 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 various spots as well. But you know they've they've gone away from this approach. Um, I'd like to see it kind of come back though. I understand why it's not there. It's it's the, the safety it's, issue. Yeah, exactly. It's competition. It's the it's all that stuff. Plus, I heard that the, I heard that the amount of press that was. Um, around ringside for this event um, in later years was a was a big issue amongst a lot of the guys in the locker room and we'll see it later in the the, the Shawn Michaels diesel match with uh, a run-in with one of the photographers but um, pretty early to give it get that earn you know yeah think about it <laughs> yeah. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't build that up a yeah. little bit that's 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 the uh, that's the I just got out of jail, fucked my girlfriend, and came in ten seconds. <laughs> yeah, spot right this, yeah, like this should have been like there should have been a, there should have been more to that than. Yeah. But I know what the well, I won't say spoil it, I guess, but it, you know the it obviously still plays a role in the match. Yeah, towards the end, but um, as you can see here, there's a lot of Gaga here, as as you know, a certain brother would say. Um, but you know, um, like going back to the, the the press part, yeah, I could imagine that being a a, a a huge difficulty, as you can see here. You know, can't have a run in quite uh, quite as seamless yeah. when you have photographers all standing there right by the ramp. And there you go. Yeah. Um, a little bit of uh, taking that to the pawn shop. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this is. Um, you know, this was also, I think, a, a, a mechanism, maybe looking back, to build up uh, Kama. The Supreme Fighting yeah, Machine. You know, they, uh, it seems like it. You look at the guy, too. Look, that's, that looks like a tough yeah, He looked like a, a, a mean dude. You would think that they had big plans for him. So, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, you know, you put him in there with The Undertaker. He had a, a role in this match. And, of course, coming out of this match with what just happened there, there was there was certainly plans. So You know he used to tag with, um, with Undertaker in Memphis? In the in their in early in their careers, I think I heard that. Was that on the the Stone Cold uh, Broken Skull thing? Well, I I heard I heard that before I watched that that Broken. Well, skull I know they're like episode. friends backstage. Yeah, so I knew that. But I like, know about that. he he was once referred to Kama, uh, who is you know most notably known as the Godfather. Charles Wright was um, he portrayed the Soul Taker Ooh. in Memphis, um, which kind of had like a it was like a. It was it was it was almost a mixture of like comma, but like with a little bit of elements of Papa Shango in there. Okay. You know what I mean? Like there were, you didn't have the face paint. It wasn't as you know produced with the the look and the presentation, but um, the piece of shit of me was thinking something more on like the the jazzy black side, like the soul taker, like well, the no, soul brother. Well, that's well, that's, you know, <laughs> Triple H. Yeah, you know, something on that. The soul. I'm, brother, I'm a piece yeah. of shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, um, uh, Virgil would uh, would uh, be Soul Train Jones. Yeah, right. That's uh, what I was down, thinking. Down in Memphis as well. Yeah, he would do the Apollo uh, Creed uh, living in America gimmick yeah. um, for a little while before he became uh, the the. the the world's f most famous grunt worker. Oh man! <laughs> in, in all of the only in a fucking re industry like wrestling, could a guy like Virgil, amongst others, still have a shot at being relevant? Yeah, like 
as long he's not been blacklisted, he's still gonna he gets a cameo and you re, you're reminded that he's still around and you're like, oh wow, that's awesome. And then you know one one of these days he's gonna reappear and something's gonna fucking catch on social media and he'll be a fucking sensation for like a month. Yeah. And he'll hopefully monetize that. Yeah. Probably not. Well but. he you know, I follow him on Instagram and uh He's hilarious. He like he anytime like he and you know what he stays current with what's going on in wrestling and then he'll like attribute the posts to like you know himself. So for instance, like I remember um, when the NWO was announced to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, like he put a post on Instagram of like him with like Hogan and a couple other members of the NWO, and he was like he was like happy birthday to the NWO. It's gonna be such an honor to be up there with my brothers to collect my <laughs> Hall of Fame ring. Hell you know, yeah. I remember back in chicago when we were you know talking about the creation of this thing and how we got it all together and we we added this person in like he's got this like funny way of like kind of bringing it back full circle it's pretty he's in on the joke yeah finally yeah he yeah he he's he's basically he's making money off of yeah the joke that 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 he has has the shortest line at the at the at the convention circuit yeah he's He's, taking advantage of that which is which is good like it's pretty funny yeah um i don't know what you know obviously his financials are like and what kind of living situation he has i mean obviously it wasn't very good if he was going around the subway in new york city for a number of years you know offering to take pictures and sign people with them for money he would just walk up to random people but i also think that's a product of again the generation where a bundy comes from or you know where you know these you know i don't want to say this in a bad way and i know a guy like vince mcmahon has tried so hard to work away from it but this these are these are these are carny actors you know yeah. these are these are guys that 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 they're they're carnies yeah and that mentality of if you called ted dibiase tomorrow and was like hey we're gonna give you three grand to show up in waterbury connecticut at you know who gives a fuck championship wrestling <laughs> yeah. he's gonna he's gonna yeah. You know, he might do it if, he, well, if he's, he's got the time. You know what I mean? He's not going to have much of a choice if... Uh, right. he re- well, you know, look at The Undertaker. You know, the, 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 the brief moment where, you know, Conradison Enterprise Worldwide, you know, over there tried to get him for StarCast. Or, you know... They had him. They, yeah, and he was, was going to... He, he had a booking fee he and he had tickets it, sold. Yeah. And, you know, this is a guy who doesn't have to work a day in his life anymore. Yeah. Um that's the mentality of these guys, you know, and that's why you still see a Bret Hart on the on the circuit or Hulk Hogan doing signings. They don't have to do it necessarily. Most of them do. Most of them. Most of them. Mo- I don't want to say have to, but most of them still need to make a living. You know, they can't try to maintain they, their lifestyle. Yeah, most. Yeah, exactly. Most of them don't have um, retirements that they can fall back on. Yeah, and they still need to. They still need to earn an income. Um, Others like The Undertaker, Bret Hart, Hulk Hogan, they, they can retire nicely. But they're, again, it's just how they're wired because yeah. of the, how they grew up in the business. You know, if you, if you, <laughs> you know, you pack your bag, you bring your boots and your gear and you show up, yep. you know, you bring your gimmicks and you show up and you play the part. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's where it's from. So, you know, good on the guys like Soul Train and Bundy to, you know, be able to, to do that for themselves, you know, and supplement as best they could when, you know they were on the uh, the wrong side of of activity in wrestling. Martinez here outside of Pamela Anderson's dressing room. Yeah, I know I'm terrible. I'm just gonna keep calling him Martinez the whole time. I mean, it's... Oh, here we are, Steve Mongo McMichael, who would eventually uh, you know make his uh, foray into pro wrestling, but over in WCW. The uh, the bandits of the NFL here. We got Reggie White. We got Ken Norton, Chris Spielman, and then who's the guy in the back? Um. 
uh, is it Chris Jackson? No, that, no, that's Chris. Um, Reggie Jack? No, not Reggie yeah, Jackson. Reggie White's probably one of my one of the reasons why I, I became a Packers that's fan. Carl, Carl Banks. Banks. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they actually got a quite a lineup of NFL players. Yeah. A really impressive list of players. There was a story I had um, I had uh, read before doing this show that um, uh, not. Uh, these guys were not very popular amongst a lot of the guys on the roster because of the the, the, the alleged paydays they were uh, getting here. You know, let's turn the audio up for this here with uh, the... Hey, that's Bob Backlund. Hey, John, how uh, you doing? That's the kid from Home Improvement. chess at a time like this. Have you heard? You heard that Pamela Anderson's missing? Bob? What's the meaning of this intrusion? That's what's wrong with America today. You people with cameras... You think you can intrude on anyone at any time? Way ahead of your time, Bob. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I was just trying to find out about Pamela Anderson. She's been missing. Sorry to bother. Pamela Anderson, huh? Who's Pamela Anderson? <laughs> That's what's wrong with society today. All these young people taking advantage of their elders and showing no respect. Who's a good segment. president of the United States? Way ahead of his time. My man, this is the perfect way to use so celebrity. This is such an underrated celebrity segment right there. Really, really and truly. No, you're right. You this might correct. be the the best thing they did on the entire card. Oh, that segment right yeah. <laughs> there, like that personifies how to use a celebrity to their strengths. And speaking of someone, actually, there's no segue there. Yeah, it's Owen Hart. He's, you tried for you tried yeah, hard for yeah. that one. Well, someone that they used to their strengths, they put him on the card. I mean, you know, they knew they could get a quality match out of Owen here, um, even though it's not in a featured role. Um, him and a mystery partner taking on the smoking guns. Um, I actually have a story surrounding this match here. Um, it was, you know, announced that Owen would be, um, and a mystery partner would be challenging um, the smoking guns for the for the tag team championship. And apparently, the WWF wanted to bring in Chris Benoit as Owen's partner. Really, and then eventually keep them as a team and make them a big part of the tag team division, but they couldn't come to terms with a deal on Benoit. Um, yeah, that, 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 that seems pretty interesting. Um, but as we see here, he's going to uh, announce his mystery partner to be the returning Yoko Zuna, um, along with uh, Jim Cornette and Mr. Fuji. Yeah, and I remember this specifically at the show because it was like the combination of the two most anti-Bret Hart people yeah. in the WWF at the time. Yokozuna, who obviously Bret you know, spent much of 1993 and 1994 um, battling with uh, between WrestleMania's 9 and 10, and then, of course, Owen Hart. So, um, so yeah, this to me was like the super team. This, yeah. was like, this was like before you were putting together Stone Cold and... Triple H, yep. you know what I mean? This yeah. was like this was like the two man power trip of sorts, um, and then Jim Cornette, Fuji, the whole presentation. This was this I was a big it. time little moment. Like holy shit! Yeah, 
And it almost made the match irrelevant because you're like, these dudes are going to win the match. Well, by that point, yeah. yeah. Like Just before the ma- the bell, like here, before the bell's even rung, you're yeah. like, yep, this is... Uh... I like this touch here. Owen gets out of the ring to hug him before yeah. he comes in. Like that It kind of puts him over a little yeah, bit because like he had to be gone for a while. And he's, and he's really like emphasizing like the importance of so happy I have him. Yeah, it's like his part, like, you know, thank you so much. Like now, like, you know, this, we're... we're it's a foregone conclusion. We're winning. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, I, this, I, I thought that was a nice touch yeah, there. And this fucking pointless promo. What do these poor schlubs think's going to happen to him? <laughs> yeah. It's basically guys, you just saw what happened. How do you feel? <laughs> like they really should have just been like, uh, uh, just not too far away from it. When this guy gets to talking here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fuck this. We're out. Like, <laughs> yeah. Do we have to, Vince? Yeah, yeah you do. Goddamn. Yeah. Goddamn, pal. Get in there. How much did you say we were making again? <laughs> like... Six grand. All right, we'll be right there. Yeah. <laughs> did you did, did you listen to the latest um, Martin Anderson podcast where he said that um, the guys that work the WrestleMania Battle Royal currently and today in WWE they make like fifteen grand a piece? That 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 was it. Yeah, I did I did hear that, and that's um that seems that's pretty cool. accurate. That's pretty high yeah i'm not saying that in a bad way like great 15 grand 15 is, grand to be in a battle royal yeah well if you think about it like you know the you know if you look at other numbers that people have thrown out there for other things they go on a tour internationally and they walk out with like four or five grand for yeah. a whole you know for a you know four or five days of working in mexico or Europe, yeah you know what i mean and that's still not bad either no um depending on i guess where you are maybe it should be more who knows you can always advocate for guys making more but uh 15 grand for one night's work um that's great, man. Good for you. You also have to factor in too, like I don't know if they still have that system in WWE, but like where you take a draw uh, against your 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 money that you make, you know, where like you need money to like you know go get something to eat, survive on the. I'm road pretty sure they thing. still like, do that, you know. Um, but I think in terms of I think in terms of like their contracts, those are all varying. But I think yeah, many, I should, yeah, I'm many sure of the, many of them, at least you know the way it was structured for a long time, and I'm sure it's starting to change a little bit. You know, because they're getting much more higher, they're getting higher guarantees. Um, you know, those your your checks that you got for every tour, every week, those those counted towards your guarantees. Yeah. So, so that fifteen grand a guy might be getting, let's just say, is um, you know, if they're guaranteed to make a million dollars in a year, well, that fifteen grand is counting towards that million dollars. Yeah. So, yeah. so say they get injured tomorrow and they've made the fifteen grand plus, say, another seven hundred. Well, they seven hundred and fifteen grand is what they're guaranteed. At the end of the year, they'll if they don't work another day. They'll get a check cut for two hundred and eighty five thousand dollars yeah. to cover the difference for what they were guaranteed. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's where the downside guarantee comes from. You will make this much money in the year that you've signed a contract for, but um, you know, no matter what happens, um, but that's where the potential to make more comes from. If you continue to make more money and get higher bonuses and higher paydays, um. You, you will almost certainly make more money if you're able to work. Yeah. So that's what, that's, that's the, that's the dangling carrot they give you. And during this time period in 1995, I don't think it was necessarily like that. It definitely so wasn't necessarily like that. I've, I've heard stories, you know, through various publications and shoot interviews from guys that wrestled in the company at this time that like this, you know, WrestleMania was like, that's how they structured their year financially yeah. and how they paid bills because that was their guarantee of like making really good money because the, well, I'm sure the, it's still like that in a the, sense too, but yeah, because considering it's still the biggest payday of the year. Yeah, yeah. But the rest of the year, you know, they're, 
according to a lot of these guys, they were starving, especially during this time period, 1995, with like, you know, the, the $150, like, I think it was like Hall and Nash used to say, like, it was like $150 guarantee a night for 10 dates. Yeah, a something month. like that. So yeah. it was like 1500 bucks a month. Well, that's the guarantee. So then they, yeah. would, they would always, you know, they were still getting paid for every show they drew. They, yeah, they so if worked they worked on. more, they got paid more. Right. So they're, they're yeah, it, it would be like, it would be like if you were a restaurant server, you're getting paid seven bucks an hour and yeah. then whatever money you make in tips think of their bone think of their paydays as, as tips yeah so if they go to a show you know they show up in you know providence rhode island make 150 bucks on a friday night that's what they're guaranteed and then at the end of the night you know they're gonna get a, a cut of whatever the gate was on top of that 150 so that might be another 700 dollars. yeah you know what i mean whatever that is you know so that's so that was kind of the idea. That was the ultimate incentive. You're basically going to make minimum wage, if you will. Yep. Um, so you better work your ass off to, to, to get over and, and, and get people more, in the seats. Yeah. yeah. So that, that was the ultimate incentive, and that was the structure for wrestling for a very long time. Um, and even more so, this was probably looked at as a luxury compared to how it was maybe 20 years before this, where you weren't guaranteed shit. Nope. And they just paid you. Yeah. You know what I mean? They said, okay, kid, you're going to get 50 bucks tonight, and if it's if you do a good job, I'll give you 75. Yep. You know, and don't worry, you got to pay gas and all sort of bullshit, too. So, yeah. Um, and if you get over, you'll make more money. Yep. You know what I mean? So that's how it was. So this yeah. is, again, a, a, a barometer of sorts, a wellness check of how the business was then, before that, where we are now. And, you know, and again, it's, it's always interesting to see when you get to this point every year where the business can and will go. I, I always liked when Yoko used to take that bump through the second rope. Yeah. Um, it reminded me a lot when Andre used to do the spot where he would get tied up in the ropes. Yeah. When someone would clothesline him and then he would do the spot where he'd get stuck in the ropes. Um, I always thought it was a pretty big deal. It's a good... Y- when Yoko would go through, like when Luger did it to him once. Yeah. And, you know, it's other... a good big man spot to yeah. get over a smaller talent. In a way that makes them look good, yeah. but doesn't hurt the credibility of a big guy. Well, that's a nice move. I like that. Yeah. Smoking Guns, underrated tag team, in my opinion. I always felt like the Guns were, they were really holding down the fort of tag team wrestling during this period of yeah. time in, in WWF when, you know, and traditionally tag team wrestling has never been a, a major focal point in the WWF. Um for an extended period of time. There have been certain periods in wrestling where it obvious is or in WWF, WWE, where it was um, treated as such, like right. during the days with Edge and Christian and the Hardys and the Dudleys. But this time period, you know, you didn't have many tag teams. And I think that was one of the reasons why they had paired up Owen Hart and Yokozuna together here to kind of um, add a little more beef, so to speak, to the tag team division. Yeah. Because, like I said, they... This wasn't an all hands on deck kind of show. They had, they didn't have a, an enormous roster here, but they also, you know, didn't use a fair amount of guys that were on the roster for this show. Right. So, um, this is an interesting story here. This might be a Meltzer myth. Um, I have a feeling it is, but um, I'm gonna get your take on it. Um, even though he had just returned as Owen Hart's mystery partner at WrestleMania and they won the tag titles, word is is that Yokozuna has given his notice to the company. Um, 
uh, as he is leaving along with the head shrinkers. WCW would no doubt be interested in bringing in Yokozuna so that Hogan can get his win back. But with all the pressure on Bischoff to cut the budget, they probably can't afford to bring any big money players at the moment. Dave also notes that Yokozuna had been taken off TV months ago and told to lose weight, but when he returned at WrestleMania, he actually looked bigger than when he left. Here's where I call bullshit on this. This is supposed to be the third guy, too? The third (laughs) man? Here's what I call bullshit on this Meltzer story here. First of all... um, Number one, the Hogan get his win back thing. Anytime someone's rumored to come to WCW, if they had crossed paths with Hogan before, it's it's always because Hogan needs his win back. And I just can't seem to think that. Um, I thought Yoko got the win back at King of the Ring in '93, if I'm not mistaken, when he beat Hogan. Correct. Right, and I don't think I don't. Yeah, I think I think it's not about getting your win back. Yokozuna was a fucking star in the yeah. WWF. Hulk Hogan wants to make money. He wants to work with people who yeah. can draw money. So. If, even if that were true, Hogan would probably want to work with him. It's not about it's not about getting winning win or back. losing. It's about it's making money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The other the other part of this bullshit story here is um, uh, the pressure with Bischoff to cut the budget. But meanwhile, every other story about Bischoff and WCW and Bischoff's management skills are about him spending exorbitant amounts of money to bring talent in. So is he cutting the budget or is he or is he ATM Eric? Right. You know yeah. what I mean. Like yeah, you can't have sure. it both ways. Um, um, at this point, though, they're you know they hadn't popped off yet, so I don't know if there was necessarily. No, they, they were. Um, yeah, the wheels were turning for them to eventually. Yeah, so no, I don't. I I don't think they were necessarily trying to, uh, you know, spend more than they were bringing in quite yet. Yeah. Because they were still. I don't think they had turned a profit yet at this point. I think this might have been the first profit making year for them, or was it nineteen ninety six? I don't know. I. I out to get my 83 weeks episodes mixed up yeah i i think i think 95 was the first profit year um i believe that's i, I believe 95 yeah that was the first year they turned a profit um i think the increase in pay-per-views the advent of nitro um but you know the state of the business at the time overall not just in in wcw but in wwf you know there was a black mark on it because of you know what the the industry was going through with the the steroid trial, yeah, and the transition that wrestling was making because, you know, the Hulk Hogan rock and wrestling era was pretty much, you know, com- had come to an end at that point. Um, so I don't think the I don't think the industry as a whole, um, you could say 1995 financially and creatively in terms of the wrestling business was probably one of its worst years ever. Probably, yeah. You know. Um, which uh, brings me to my next story here. Um, when it comes to the buy rate for this WrestleMania, um, it had f- apparently, according to Meltzer, it had fallen well short of even the lowest expectations, depending on which source you believe. According to Dave Meltzer, the buy rate is somewhere around 1.3 to 1.5, which, considering all the mainstream publicity going into it, means WrestleMania 11 was a complete flop. They had been publicly hoping for at least a 2.0, and they didn't even come close. The TV ratings went up significantly in the wake of all of the Lawrence Taylor publicity, but those ratings didn't translate into buy rates. Some are blaming the publicity because much of it was negative from the sports media. Others are blaming the higher pay-per-view price, and others are saying it's a sign that they flooded the market with too many pay-per-views. At this point, they hadn't. At this point, they hadn't flooded the market with too many pay-per-views because they were just starting the the in-your-house, in-your-home uh, <laughs> phenomena yeah. the next month, so yeah. they hadn't gotten to that point yet. Yeah. Um, I think it speaks more to what we were just talking about, the state of the business. It was just... 
Wrestling you know? wasn't and popular. I, yeah, and and probably the, the 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 negative publicity the sports world was giving LT's you know relationship here with the company. So I don't think it. You know, I don't. Sometimes you sometimes you miss. You yeah. know, and there's other things that go into it. If you got increased ratings and pe- more people are watching, then yeah, you probably didn't. You probably didn't hit home runs on television, even though more people when when you had more eyeballs. Yeah, you didn't probably make them more excited to see things. Um, and that's that's you know you don't you don't complete every pass on the field. Correct. You know you don't score touchdowns every play. You know yeah, it fucking sucks. But you know I like this here. This is great. Yeah, never mind. I'll just cover him. <laughs> like that's such a great that's finish. So, yeah, yeah. Like, that's such a it's such a good like slimy chicken shit heel yeah. move. Like I just let my partner do all the dirty work. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the dynamic they were going for. Here. I loved it. I loved yeah. it. Honestly, I did. I loved it. This I thought which this... was which is also like part of like what you went back to what you said earlier about like that hug there. Oh shit, that hug there in the beginning, which was like. He was just hugging, like, thank God you're here. Yeah, like, I, the like, savior. Yeah, like, he, like, basically, he just had, like, now you can do all the work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, exactly. this is the group project in school. He yeah. didn't get the A because Yoko I did all the, the work. I the smartest kid in the class. Yeah. My fucking homework. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, yeah. That's so, a great way of looking at it. And there he is, Yoko, just happy to be there. Owen Hart just, I got a belt. My brother Brett does it. I'm the best, you know. Yeah kind of the, the, the I felt like Owen was missing something after the Brett thing like even like so he had Anvil but like I felt like Owen was missing something and like he had kind of gotten lost in the shuffle like for me personally and we'll talk about it in the, in the next match um, I fully expected as a kid that Owen Hart and Bret Hart were going to have the rubber match at this WrestleMania. You would think so. You know, given everything in the way it had played out, like Owen helped screw him at Survivor Series. He was part of screwing him at Royal Rumble against Diesel. Like, I fully expected an Owen Hart-Bret Hart rematch of some kind at this pay-per-view. And, you know... It's no more. Look at this here. Do you see the you yeah. see the signs under the scoreboard? Fleet the Bank. Wiz. There's no such things. Nobody beats the Wiz. Yeah, those like, are great commercials. Yeah, like it's just it's just amazing. Like the the businesses and the advertisements yeah. that you see on some of these especially, shows, especially for us knowing where those companies yeah. those companies are. And Fleet Bank is TD Bank, which is yeah. still around, but yep. nobody beats the Wiz. That's out of business. Yeah, it was, it was that was Best Buy before there was a Best Buy. Yeah. The beast from the east. <laughs> I like this setup here with the color scheme, with the blue and the purple for the WrestleMania. Yeah. Like, it, I think that's a cool. Like, that's that's one of the things that fascinates me about WrestleMania is when they when they have a theme, they do really well with like the color schemes. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, if we do have a WrestleMania this year, um, by the time this recording drops, you know they're Tampa Raymond James Stadium, Tampa Bay Buccaneers the pirate the NFL thing. play there. The, the pirate thing, and then with the red and the the silver, you know, mm-hmm. like the ta- the tattered flag yeah, and the like, cannons and like that's pretty cool. Ship. I've always dug this blue and this purple here. Yeah, I, I really I really have. Just somebody on Facebook uh, recently, I was. Uh, I think they're part. I think they're part of Mania Club. They posted a picture of the logo of this WrestleMania, and they talked about you know it being the worst WrestleMania, and you know you're not the only one in that boat. And uh, someone commented said the logo is the best thing a part of this whole show because <laughs> it's got like that like I don't know. I just I just dig the color scheme. That's just me, and, 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 it, and it pops. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they're all for the most part they're all significantly 
distinct. Yep. And you, you know, every year you'll around this time you'll see the you know you know graphics and images that you know kind of line up every single WrestleMania logo. Yeah. Um, and it's cool to see because again, it just it it puts you back in that place. It puts you back in that time. You go to WrestleMania Access every year, and they'll have like a little Hall of Fame section. It'll show you. They'll, they'll have memorabilia for the Hall of Famers that are getting inducted that said year. Yep. Um, you know, and you kind of go through this exhibit where they have posters of all of the WrestleManias. Yeah. And you start from one and you work your way all the way around. And they have like the match results and stuff and just different still shots and the logo and, you know, shots of the crowd. It's all like a collage, if you will. And it's, again, it, it's it's a very immersive, engaging experience. And, you know, the logo is very much part of that. You, you see that with like the Super Bowl too. Yep. Their logos, their tickets, you know, yeah. what the ticket looked like that year. Sometimes they're like the hologram tickets. You can like, Yeah. Uh, like I've seen pictures and I think I've probably taken them and, um, you know, especially at last year's access, uh, tickets of, um, I think they had an, an exhibit up of a ticket from the very first WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, that is super cool. I know last year when Daryl and I went to access, um, they put us in what they claim to be the ring, the very ring. That WrestleMania one took place in. Whether or not that's true, we'll it never did know. Have, like a throwback look to it. When it did I was, when I when I saw the pictures. Yeah. yeah, and then they had and just I was for kicks. Of that when just I saw for that. kicks, they had the logo, the WrestleMania original logo, in front of it when you took the picture when the guy took your picture. So yeah. and again, it just those are the things about WrestleMania that are so cool that you get to. It's history. It's branding. It's it's um you know it's association. Um, all really cool. And I think again, so it speaks it speaks to how that person treated wrestlemania and the you know that the logo made a great impression on him for this one when there wasn't much too yeah i've uh as this podcast has evolved uh, over time as you know with 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 my uh my journey here um you know i've become an, an avid collector of like a lot of the older action figures and and certain little things here and there and um you know, we just saw a shot of uh, Vince and Jerry Lawler at the at the announce desk, and um, I've been all over eBay looking for WrestleMania 11 memorabilia, like that Lawrence Taylor little rubber football that was on their announce desk and the baseball hat, and. Yeah. Um, I can't seem to find it anywhere. Apparently, Zack Ryder, who is a avid collector, um, he's he's an action figure whore. Um, if you ever follow him on social media, um, he's he's it's unbelievable the collection he has of, of wrestling action figures, both in the box and out of the box. Like it's just like he needs a separate home for him. It's crazy, but. Um, I've been in search of, you know, some WrestleMania 11 memorabilia like that football. I can't seem to find it anywhere, but he managed to find it somewhere. Um, I did manage to see someone have a WrestleMania 11 chair um, on one of those like Facebook group sites for like a hundred dollars. I thought about maybe buying one of those to put here in the studio, um, but um, the uh, you, you want to talk about ticket? You're talking about ticket stubs for WrestleMania. Um, the local card shop I go to, uh, Ken's Cards and Collectibles, they have the wrestling room where I get some of my memorabilia, and they have a framed photo of the of the WrestleMania, an unused WrestleMania 17 ticket from the Houston Astrodome. Wow. With like, I think like a newspaper clipping of, of locally in that area of when WrestleMania was there. Um, I believe the framed photo goes for like few hundred bucks wow with like the, an unused ticket i don't I, know where he got it i from. um i have all my wrestlemania tickets still yeah every you... single one of them except last year's last year i had a brain fart and 
I had the tickets digitally put on my phone to be oh, scanned. Shit. So with the day, easier for you. Yeah, yeah, the day of WrestleMania, I got to the window and I said, "Hey, is there any chance you could print this ticket for me?" I even showed it on my phone, and I'm sure they could. I'm really sure they could. But the woman at the box office was like, "I'm sorry, I can't do that." Yeah. Okay. She's got fucking. 50,000 other people, 75,000 other people to worry about they're coming through the ticket. Yeah, I, so like, sure I just, she, I know she could do it, yeah. but there's no, whatever, not a big yeah. deal. So I had someone in our Mania Club um, that we've, you know, uh, you know, conversed with and met up with in, in WrestleMania years past. She offered to have her ticket made as a copy and sent to me and she sent it to me so, so wow. i have her ticket that's cool um it's not it's not an it's authentic not ticket in, it's not the seat i sat in it's yeah. not an authentic ticket it's just like a like oh i want not i don't want to say photocopied but it was a more or less tra- it more or less was photocopied on a nice piece of like resume paper okay um so i have that in every single wrestlemania ticket um of every wrestlemania i've gone to which would be every wrestlemania since 23 um and who knows uh, by April 1st, when this drops, you know, maybe my WrestleMania 36 ticket that I have in my possession currently will be an unused ticket. Yeah. So, which will be kind of quite which a, a fact collector as well. Item to some of those wrestling um, collectors out there. But I, I, to, I one day uh, will at some point have a, you know, a shadow box of sorts to, and they're all crumpled up and because I would save them in my wallet or whatever, but they're yeah. somewhere safe. I got some in my book, too, from um, WrestleMania's I've attended, and they're pretty beat up, too. Yeah, they're almost like faded. In your pocket. Yeah, yeah, they're almost faded. Like, you can't even read the, the, the ticket anymore. Yeah. But I, I'll, I'll, but I know what the ticket looked like, so yeah. and I'm like, ah, oh, which one? Is, that's WrestleMania 28. It's for like, you. It's not, yeah. So I know where it's from and what it can't, you know, everything that surrounds that event. Um, so, yeah, I, I, ha- I still have all my tickets, and, um, you know, I will continue going to WrestleMania's postponed, canceled or not. And, um... I'll have the tickets. Cause. By the time this recording is, you know, drops on April first, I will have already posted. But I kind of alluded to you in in private um, some of the uh, the the pictures I had received from uh, uh, my my good friend Rob Polo's parents, who were their catering company were the. Um, they, they they were the ones that had catered the the WWF and WrestleMania 11 in this building at the Civic Center and some of the pictures that I showed you um, I believe I sent you a picture and I'll and by, like I said by the time this drops I'll have already posted it on our social media you guys can check it out um, pictures behind the scenes of their um, their time catering for the World Wrestling Federation even like the official um, uh, uh, I don't know if it was email or if it was um, uh, a memo of uh, the the dressing room um, requests of Vince McMahon at the time. Um, so I'll have that stuff up there. Plus pictures from uh, you know uh, Craig and Sunday. The, those are their those are their names who used to own the catering company with like Owen Hart and um, you know Craig was telling me some stories about his time and how much fun he had doing this for them. These pictures of, like Owen in the kitchen with them and um, after the match, Owen took a picture with the belt and gave it to Craig so they could take a picture together. And same thing with his wife Sunday. Uh, so uh, yeah, that 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 stuff will definitely be up on the Facebook page by the time this show drops um i remember years ago talking with craig about his time doing this and uh how much fun he had so when um i was planning and preparing for the show i asked him if he had any pictures and uh they're currently located in florida right now 
and he said let me just dig some up through my collection and storage and he actually he was very gracious to you know go out of his way to go to his store the, the storage facility and like dig through all these pictures and then take pictures of them to send it to me um in a, in a private message on facebook so uh thank you craig for uh, craig ferris for uh providing me with uh, the those those gems um you know really uh, really appreciate it uh but yeah, what's not a gem is this match here. Yeah, look at these. These are all Hall of Famers in the ring. All, you know, have some slice of GOAT status in their various um, specialties. And uh, yeah, my God, this is just... You, you, you'd find it hard to believe that this just this would this would fall so flat with all the guys in the ring that, that, that are so... were so great at what they did. Yeah. Um, just weird. Just weird. Yeah. Like, I remember watching this hearing Piper just like, hey, what do you say? Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. but like, this is an I quit match, man. This is far from, you know, what is it? Five letters, two words. I quit. quit. Yeah. Like, this is, this is far from, from Funk and Ric Flair, oh, um, to say the least. So, um, you know, most people involved don't speak too highly of it. Um, but I would gather, given the the uh, the location of this WrestleMania, that it, and Bob Backlund's relative relevance, just having been the champion a few months prior, that they wanted to get Backlund on the card for sure, given that he's a Connecticut native, and um, you know, I'm sure that did probably help ticket sales yeah. as well, and you know, the local market, yeah, to say the least. So yeah, I mean, sometimes sometimes the uh, the potion. T- doesn't taste as well as the uh, ingredients in that that it, that come, that make it. So mm-hmm. you know that's what I would chalk this match up to yeah. for the most part. Let's see, it's just just a lot of ugh. Now, do you remember when we watched this that the pay per view feed went out at the finish of this match? Yeah, because the match ended during that, and then when it came back, it was over, and like Bob Backlund was out in the aisle getting interviewed by like Pettengale or JR and I was like what happened and then we had to figure it out and kind of piece it together but yeah no I do remember that now and that so, you mention it because and, and and because you know on commentary they had brought to light so many issues with their audio and their production throughout the show even Vincent Lawler would bring it to attention you know Lawler even made a joke he was like you see this chord Vince he goes earlier today I unplugged this and then you know Vince was like oh yeah all are wreaking havoc on our audio yep, I remember um, that yeah so when I was watching this and then when we missed the finish of this match I was like I legitimately thought that like that had something to do with why we missed the finish of this match um, I remember going to dad and saying you know we missed part of it um, is there any way that you can call the cable company and get a replay? And the cable company offered the replay for free. That's because right. Because a lot of people locally in Connecticut, especially in the Hartford area, missed the finish of this match. Yep. Um, yeah. And so they were able to get a replay. And we ordered the replay. I didn't tape it, but... Um, was there... Because I don't know if there was it from me. Was there any inclination or inkling on your end that based on the... Uh, the accusation of Jerry Lawler wreaking havoc with the audio. Was there any inkling, inkling on your side that that the uh, timing of the feed being dropped had, you know, in a Bret Hart match, have anything, any link? I didn't. I didn't. You didn't did you have any idea that or thought that that might be kind of connected? Like, no. oh, like Jerry Lawler pulled the plug because on this of match. History on television. Yeah. yeah, I don't no, know. I didn't. No, no, it didn't go that far. I legitimately, I was twelve when this 
this show took place so i just i legit thought that like they really did have production issues and that's why that the feed went out and honestly i don't even know why um what caused it to go out i don't know if it, i i want to say it was something locally yeah um in the area it wasn't like a storm or anything of any kind um i remember this day being it was it was it was april 2nd obviously 1995 it was on a sunday um i remember it being unusually warm during that time of year um you know i remember it being very sunny and like a nice like comfortable like high 60s like 60 degrees and this was also the same day that the yukon women's basketball team won the ncaa championship from tennessee uh it was the first mar- one i think which was their first one marking and with they had the undefeated team of 35 and all with rebecca lobo and carol walters yeah. um so i remember watching the game and then we turned this on to watch the pay-per-view when it came, it ended literally probably like half hour hour before this show even started yeah, that's interesting so um and it's funny you bring up march madness because one thing that i've probably been relatively distant from in the life of my wrestlemania vacations and you know mini vacations is march madness yeah you know every year especially the years where uconn is you know in the final four or winning a championship whether it's the men or the women you know, we would, I remember specifically being in Atlanta, Georgia, and we had to find our way to sneak into a bar in between shows, Monday Night Raws and WrestleManias, to, to catch a Final Four game or a national championship game. Um, March Madness happens every year the same weekend, the Final Four weekend, the same weekend as WrestleMania. So I, I typically miss, for the most part, every, yeah, just about every, uh, every March Madness. I haven't been, like, I haven't been as involved and engaged as much. With it falling on the to, uh, um, with WrestleMania when when we went to uh, Atlanta in 2011 for WrestleMania and that was the year UConn the men yep I think both the men and women were in the finals but yeah did, the men won but the women lost I think no I think the women won this that was the year Kemba Walker is UConn team won it um, so the men and women did win the the, the final four that um, year in 2011 I believe they did um. I know that the men did because that was, like I said, the Kemba Walker year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that the I remember watching the uh, the national championship game after Monday Night Raw. We went to a nearby bar. They were playing, I think, like Butler or something, or Kentucky. It was Butler, and um, it was the Raw where The Rock and John Cena announced the WrestleMania match the year. The, yep. the, the next which year, we were that month yeah that monday night raw that episode so we ran out just we we beat a a, a southern you know thunderstorm into the bar to watch mm-hmm. the end of that game when uconn won um the men that kemba walker team um but for the women i'm not sure i want to say i mean it's the easy answer is yes uconn women did win that title um but i don't i don't know for sure um no, that's false. They did not win. Um, it was Texas A&M versus Notre Dame. Yeah, I think, yeah, I don't think the winner um, yeah. Looking at the Google machine here. Um, so, yeah, but there have been multiple years where both schools have won it. Um, I think this is the finish here. This is how uninterested yeah. we are in this match. Because we don't remember it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm just checking out these brackets here. Jeez. 
um, Final Four. The putting on Bob Backlund's finishing move, mind you. Um, and he did kind of like muffle the I quit, right? Yeah, he was just like, ah! like, and then like Piper called it. Like, I don't even think he said it. He's like, hey, he gives up. He's like, yeah. I'm done with this shit show. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, he, yeah, he's out. And I think the match is over. Yep, it is. You can even see the look on Brett's face. Yeah, he's like, like, let's get the fuck out yeah, of here. Yeah, he's like, I cannot believe they fucking put me in this shit. Yeah. Just forget it. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, I, I was not impressed with this match at all. I was disappointed. I thought this was not good use of Bret Hart. Like I said, I really had, had hopes and expectations as a kid that it was him and Owen in the rubber match. You know, they had the WrestleMania 10. They had the SummerSlam cage match. Owen screwed him twice out of the title. It's like, oh, he's going to have to get revenge on his brother. Nope. Instead, they put him against Bob fucking Backlund. Right. You know. But I guess at the same time, given the circumstances surrounding the talent pool in the company and the fact that they were, you know, in a transition period, they needed to spread that talent pool out in various ways on the card to kind of balance things out. You know, you didn't want everything to be too top heavy because who else did you have to fill out this spot? You yeah. Know well, I mean? like this also gave Brett his win back given what happened in November with Backlund. Yeah. yeah. True. And like, again, you know, given the, despite the shitty match that we just saw on paper, this was, this is a big match on paper, given the storyline, given the talents involved. It yeah. was like, this is what I remember coming back to yeah. on our feet at home. This exact moment right here. Yeah, no, I specifically remember the feed cutting in at that point, going like, and you, the only reason I knew Brett won is because the music was playing, the music so was I was playing, like, oh yeah. crap, okay, and here's Martinez. Nope, here we go, special report, we'll play the audio for this too. Where to be found? Pamela Anderson is gone. What? We're, we're going to have to move on, we've made some changes, some celebrity changes, that's all I can tell you at this point. Some celebrity changes? And this was yes. kind of the running theme in the story, like the thread across the night. I've searched all over, I've covered every angle, and she's left the building. Great cop work, Martinez. <laughs> oh my goodness, that is wild. Uh, yeah, you know, like you said, the running theme. Like it was to the point where, like, um, I even thought that um, the remember, like, do you remember on commentary too, and like Lawler had mentioned something about Tommy Lee because she had just married Tommy Lee, and yep. like the sex tape was like this was before the sex tape even came out. Like yeah. the sex tape came out after this, and like that would have been a PR nightmare for the WWF if she was she was part of this WrestleMania with the sex tape here. Yeah. But um, I just remember almost kind of like 
toying with the idea that like when Lawler had mentioned that like Tommy Lee was with her and that she was leaving the building because of Shawn Michaels, I was thinking to myself like, did that have something to do with her and Tommy Lee? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they were a, they were a lightning rod of controversy Back at that in, time yeah. period, 1995. Yeah. Just getting together. Yeah, even as a and... fucking six-year-old, I knew exactly who those two people yeah. were. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And I didn't see a sex tape. Yeah. You know, for the record, I, didn't, I mean, this later. Is, yeah. <laughs> at six later, years old, yeah. I didn't see a sex tape. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah let's in make 19- that clear. Our yeah. parents tried to shield us from things like that. <laughs> you know, rightfully so, of yeah. course. You don't show sex tapes to six-year-olds, yeah. and nor do six-year-olds, at least back then, have the capability to go <laughs> acquire them or access them. 2020, I'm sure that's a lot different. But, yeah. um, you know, yeah, these are, that was, she was probably a bigger star than, Lauren, definitely a bigger star than Lawrence Taylor yeah. was. Oh, let's, yeah. be, let's not kid ourselves. She was one of the biggest stars on the planet. Watch and yeah, they had that movie. She was in that movie, that Barbie Wire movie, yep. or whatever it was. Um, there we go, WrestleMania celebrities. I always liked this too that they did these in the in these in these recent in these string of WrestleManias. They would introduce them to come out for like the main event. Or yeah, like the, like the si- yeah, yeah the Sarah. Like I wish they did. Like you have enough championship title matches at WrestleMania. Why don't you? throw some window dressing on him with this you know what i, I mean think they tried to do that a little bit last year when they had like the guest commentator guest, lawler booker t Shawn, Shawn michaels, michaels jbl like, jbl like everyone was a guest commentator in like a lot of these matches yeah, like, to me that's not that special no i know but i think along those lines of like trying to make the match special by having some you know unannounced surprised guests yeah. even though like the celebrities were usually announced ahead of time yeah. for wrestling but remember when they used to do back in the day like the they'd have the vignettes and the promos leading up to on tv oh, of yeah. like hey come to wrestlemania i'm gonna be singing so the national yeah. anthem yeah. or you know i'm gonna be the ring announcer you know Tommy oh, yeah. sorta or john legend yeah. even that, that was, used they, to be a big deal that was cool yeah you know what i mean that also showed that like all right like this guy's in it you know yeah. what i mean they're not just showing up yeah. You know, so that was neat. And I, I kind of wish... it was wished... a bonus if, like, the celebrity would had, like, a match or was, like, a yeah. referee, you know what I mean? Yeah, now it's the opposite. Now it's, they're going to show up and they're probably going to wrestle. And it's like, oh, God. Some yeah. of, you know, Jesus. Who's going to wrestle? Kevin Federline? Oh, my God. And, you know, he didn't do WrestleMania, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, man, now they're going to try to throw that guy in the ring. But, um... Look at this here. Martinez. <laughs> Nicholas Couturo is his name, folks. Yeah, but not, he's not Martinez. Again, yeah. to Dave Meltzer, it's he's a, Martinez. Yeah, that was Dave Meltzer's uh, assessment of him. Um, he looks more amped than half the wrestlers that walked down the aisle that night. Like, which, he was high-fiving the fans, and you saw him here. He looked like he was really super into it. Which I feel like you can appreciate, though. Because, oh, you know, that's like a guy that is excited to be here. And You're he paying wants... me to do this. I'm going to give you my best to, yeah. like, make it, you know, appear like I, you know... You know, and I think it speaks... He seems like a guy who, even if he wasn't a fan of wrestling at this point, he was at once a fan. You know what I mean? So look, Finks, tell him, look at the hard camera, because he was... Like, I feel like, yeah, he's like, damn it, turn around. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nicholas, turn around! <laughs> Introducing! <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, I think these types of celebrities that you can tell that, you know, are excited to be here, I think speaks to the, the, the notion, in my opinion, that everybody at once was a fan of wrestling. Whether it was for a brief moment of time, for one, one show, one... One instance. Yeah. Um, so when you see guys like that excited, it kind of, you know, like makes me smile a little bit. Like that, cool. Good for them, you know? This shot here of what you just saw with Michaels coming down with McCarthy and Sid is probably the only thing from this WrestleMania that makes, pro- you know, WrestleMania highlight reels when they hype up WrestleMania was his entrance here with her and with Sid, you know, yeah. behind. You don't really see that, a whole lot of WrestleMania 11. That and the press conference where Shawn Michaels is at, you know, is speaking at the press conference. Yes. Are probably the-, the most 
pulled uh, moments from the uh, yeah from the maybe, library. Maybe maybe the elbow drop later on the diesel off the top rope is something, but like you don't see really like a whole lot from this WrestleMania that makes the highlight real. Yeah. You know, when they, when they, you know, every year when they do WrestleMania retrospectives and they show clips of, you know, Edge spearing Hardy off the ladder and, you know, Sean coming down from the ceiling at 12 and all those different iconic WrestleMania moments. WrestleMania 11 usually doesn't make the, you know, the, doesn't make the, even the cutting room floor, but, yeah. um, I thought this you know here, the, the, the entrance with McCarthy, I've seen on a number of those. I will say on a on a macro level, like I said, on a macro level, if you erase this event from history, by and large, you could you could continue the history of telling. You could tell the story of wrestling without this event. Correct. But yeah. on a micro level, this to me personally was the was the match that made Shawn Michaels a true main eventer. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. The ladder match, obviously, it put him on the map. Put him on the you know, player. Um, it was definitely like, oh my god, like he's definitely, yeah, exactly. He's 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 someone you got to watch out for. He's yeah. he's uh, he's a big time. But this one was like, Shawn Michaels is he to me he had, he had entered the level of Bret Hart after yes. this match. Like he was, he didn't have to take a backseat for anybody after this match. No, um, you're absolutely because right. As you'll see throughout this match, and maybe I'll, I'll be reminded of it again. After this match, Shawn Michaels, in my opinion, was the WWF champion. Like he put on a performance that was like Mister WrestleMania esque again, yeah. like the, like WrestleMania ten. Yeah. So that would be probably the biggest takeaway I took away from this WrestleMania that sticks out the most. And then here's the big reveal. Who could it be? I like how like the way the lights are set up. It's just like a shadow, a yeah. silhouette, and, and then, like, he, it's boom. CJ. Yeah, it's. Pam Anderson. Who's Pam Anderson? Yeah. <laughs> and look at Diesel. Oh, look at me. I'm cool. Yeah, you know. Uh, Girl on my arm. Man, too sweet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, um, that actually did get a good reaction. I know we didn't play the sound for that, and that's fine. Yep. Um, but that did get a cool reaction from the fans that she kind of dumped the bozo that she was contractually obligated to accompany to the ring based Which on the, the Royal weird. Rumble result of a yeah. couple months prior, but she was like, you know what, I'm not going to stick around with this loser, Shawn Michaels. He's a douchebag. I'm going to go with like, the cool if, guy. If you think about it, like, that's almost like... Diesel, like, hey, well, with, with the prize of being escorted to the ring by her as, like, you know, like, that was what the Rumble winner had received. Like, it's almost like, in some ways, like, a the lowest form of, like prostitution like <laughs> yeah the winner gets pam anderson and if you remember at the 95 rumble when she showed up they did the whole like they had the like the little jazzy music and she walks out of the limo and all the all dudes the are, are waiting for her, who, you know they're catcalling and hooting yeah. and hollering and they did it at this wrestlemania at the beginning she shows yeah. up and they were hooting and hollering that actually, for her. that clip that we just saw from uh, was we, from the rumble wasn't it from the rumble. yeah they spliced it in here which was never originally a part of the original broadcast yeah. if you remember that's right Justin, thank you when we when we ordered this and watched this and we ended up taping it on the original broadcast in that opening scene when they show all the celebrities interacting with the superstars Pam and Sean were backstage and they showed Sean they showed her walking away from him and like he had like his sunglasses to like check her out yeah. that kind of alluded to the ongoing story that like yeah. the two of them had a disagreement and she disappeared yeah. you know 
that little shot there i don't know why they edited that out but they put in the shot of um you know her getting out of the limo from the rumble backstage with all the wrestlers you see dink the clown and fucking mabel yeah, you know like all they fucking, all got a shot yeah you know what i mean like but yeah they made yeah the, the big prize every all the wrestlers were trying to get a trying to get a piece yeah of uh of, of pretty much she was you know the hottest woman on the planet at that time the stakes, if you will, yeah. that we talk about. <laughs> and Jenny McCarthy here, like, she's obviously no slouch. No, but no. this was before. Remember that TV? You might be too young for Singled this. Out? Singled Out. I remember that show. This was before Singled yep. Out. Okay, this was like in the infancy In fact, of I that. remember that show coming on after this and going, that's Jenny McCarthy yep. from WrestleMania. WrestleMania she's not yeah. from MTV. Yeah, no, she's, she's from not, WrestleMania. She was from WrestleMania. Yeah, I know, it's wild. Yeah. And this, yeah, like I said, in retrospect, this probably should have been the main event. This was uh, definitely match. This was definitely match of the night. You know, I joked yeah, about Jarrett and Razor, but this is definitely match no, of the I night. No, I would agree. I, I, I would have to agree here. I was kind of disappointed. Like, I was happy because I, this is when, like, I became a, a, a Shawn Michaels fan in a singles role. Like, I was a big Rockers fan, and, you know, I got into him as a heel early on before, you know, this match here. And I was kind of into him, but, like like you said, this, this stamped it that he was in that Bret Hart territory of main event like I'm, I'm with you there too like this is where like i became more of a fan of yeah. sean michaels. see i wasn't i did not like sean michaels at this time yeah but then when he I was a when diesel he, fan too at this yeah time. and I, I don't i didn't have a, a an opinion of diesel either way like i liked him i guess but i didn't really like love him or hate him mm-hmm. um but yeah after this i was like you know sean michaels better become the champion he deserves that title yeah not not, not that diesel didn't but like he deserved it more than Diesel, in my opinion. Just yeah. the way the match unfolded and the, you know, his, as a six-year-old, those things are just, you don't, they're those verbal and non-verbal and very subtle cues that come through a match through, you know, the, the, the storytelling medium. Like, you get that even at six years old. Like, yeah. yeah like, Shawn Michaels should have won that match. Uh-huh. Like, if you're looking at who the best wrestler was, the you know, who did the best, who deserved it, I looked at oh, Shawn Michaels and was like, yeah. Sean's like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. Get out of my fucking office. Yeah. I'd be, I feel the same way, man. Just get the fuck away from me. Yeah, there was too many of them. There was way too much press there. I mean, I know. Like, and, and you know what the funny thing is, too, is that, like, before this event, you would see photographers around the ringside, two, three, four guys. There's probably about almost two dozen people yeah. taking pictures around ringside. And the only reason why that's the case is because, uh, is because of the celebrity involvement with Lawrence Taylor and the impact that he had on this event. Right. You know what I mean? You wouldn't see that many cameramen around ringside at a Royal Rumble or at a fucking In Your House or a Survivor Series. But Hell because, no. Yeah, hey, hey now. How are you? <laughs> but, um, yeah, like it was definitely obviously being WrestleMania and it's, it was, it was a big event at that time because of the involvement of Lawrence Taylor, the press came in droves, but yeah, way too many guys out there. Like it's a safety issue for sure. Look at this. Yeah. See, the minute he gets up on the top rope, you see all those camera guys like trying to get the best shots. They're like all like hovering over each other. One, yeah. two, three, With four, five, snap, six. There's a, there's a, there's a flash coming. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, and seven. And I just like the like the whole approach that Michaels takes to the match is so like it just makes sense. He's trying to win. He's trying to figure out a way to topple the big guy. Yep. And psychologically speaking, 
That's a baby face. Yes. Move. And he's a bad guy. Yeah. And, and he does it so well, but at the same time, it bleeds through that, like, you can appreciate what he's doing to yeah. try to. Sans Sid. Sid obviously is there to, 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 to put that edge to it. But, you know, he's he's there and he's and he's it's just so it's just so well done and so obvious and so smart at the same time like just you know it doesn't have to be all it doesn't it's simple yeah it doesn't need to be thought much harder than that we'll talk about it as this match progresses but oh yeah three four five six so there's like seven or eight people on one side of the ring there's about like eight or nine over here so there's like almost like there's over two dozen people yeah that are the the Almost two dozen people that are around ringside taking pictures. Like that's insane. Look at look at all those people there. Yeah, that's just that's like overkill. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about it a little bit as this match progresses. But um, even on commentary, looking back on it, and I kind of, I wouldn't say I was in denial, but like I really liked the Sid Sean presentation as a kid. Like they just looked like. They, the, the two of them looked like they would associate with each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they looked like they could have been friends, you know? Yeah. Like, Sean looked like he would enlist in a dangerous bodyguard like Sid. Like, Sid would just, like, the leather vest with no shirt and the black jeans. Like, he looked like a fucking killer yeah. there. You know what I mean? And, and it also kind of, <clears throat> you know, added that layer to Sean's character. Yeah. Or perpetuated that layer of, like... All right, I pissed off my former big buddy friend. So let me call my other yeah, big let me, buddy. Let me let me go find a new friend that can you know beat up him because I'm I can't do I that. I can't get the job done. Yeah, yeah. I'm you know I, I want no part of this bastard. And so on commentary, like you said earlier, is like Sean's like trying to fight to win, and it's like a very babyface move. Even on commentary, you could tell that they are really trying to position Sean as a good guy. And they're trying to get people to feel sorry for him because of the circumstances surrounding the finish of this match. And in in many ways, they created it like it was a controversial finish because the referee was down and Sid was part of the reason why the referee was down. And Sean had Diesel beat, as we will see as we watch this match. But that's another that's another shot right there. You see sometimes is that that uh, that dive outside off the top rope. Yeah, you see that's from time to time. On B-rolls. Yeah. Um, but looking back on it, like, when you watch this now, 25 years later, you can really tell that, like, they're pushing hard to 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 get us to get behind Sean because of the circumstances surrounding the finish. And 25 years ago, I could kind of... I was confused because my sophistication as a fan at 12 years old wasn't... It wasn't there yet. I was still a kid. Like, yeah. my 12-year-old brain was still... I wasn't thinking like that. So, as a kid, when they were trying to make me feel sorry for Sean, even though I was kind of a Sean fan... Oh, here we go. Another photographer getting it. Jesus. Um, I was kind of in denial because I liked the presentation with him and Sid. I, I didn't want to... I didn't want people to like Shawn Michaels, even though I liked Shawn Michaels. You know what I mean? Which meant also that because I was a big Diesel fan, that people were not going to like Diesel as much because Shawn was popular, more right. popular than him. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Twenty five, you know, twenty five years later, I can appreciate it more. But you know, at twelve years old, I was I wasn't thinking like. Oh, they're setting him up to be a babyface. No, no. It was more or less. Like, you knew that the night after when when Sid turned on. Well, when Sean. he dumped him, yeah, yeah. And he dropped him three times with the power bomb. At that Which, point, that as was a, a kid, you were like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "What the heck? Why did he do that?" Well, not even that. Just like as a kid, you're like, 
three, he, three times? Three times, yeah. Like, is he ever going to wrestle again? That was when finishing moves meant yeah. something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of becoming transition spots. Yeah. Or match. just like, you know, you look at, you know, concertos and RKOs and, you know, power bombs, and those are just moves. And yeah, they, you, you can make them mean something, and yeah. I think they're trying, but still, like... A lot of groundwork needs to be the done. The DDT on that. used to end people. Now it's a transition spot. You, yeah. know, you kick out of the DDT, the super kick. Yeah. You know, which Sean pretty much kind of, I would say, put on the map in terms of, you know, um, a wrestling move that, you know, a finishing move that meant something. Um, he put on the map the super kick, like Jordan put dunking on the map. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. When anybody dunks, it's because they're trying to be like Michael Jordan. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. No, that's, a great, doing that's a, su- a great analogy. When you're doing a super yeah. kick, you're trying to, you're, you're just, you're, you're trying to be Shawn you Michaels. Can't, you can't separate the fact that Shawn Michaels popularized that move. Yeah. You know, that's why you get too many of these, you know, HBK wannabes. Yeah. Whether it's Kevin Owens, Dolph Ziggler, the Young Bucks, like, you can't separate that that uh, inspiration, if even if it's not legitimate, even if they didn't care for Shawn Michaels, they cared for the move. Oh yeah, but most of them obviously were, you know, they grew up like we did watching Shawn Michaels, so it's 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 pretty apparent. Yeah. Here's Sid, trying getting to get a the... lot of FaceTime in this match. Yes, yes, you know, he is. Again, and I it, think it makes, that sets it makes up, sense. I think it sets up what we've discussed here is like him being the reason why Shawn was unable to. Uh, to, to take the championship in this match here. Yeah. And again, look at he's just, you know, picking his spots, being very strategic, finding a way to, to, to chop, chop him down yeah, like a chop tree. Chop the tree down, yeah. yeah. The knee, that's always a good one. Um, you know, it's some, you know, this is, this is kind of in a, this is kind of being a heel now. Yeah. You know, um, just doing it methodically and, and, you know, just trying to feed Diesel for that comeback. But do you also notice too, like going back uh, and, and you've watched this show a number of times before, um, you know, this watch along, of course, over the years. Um, do you notice, have you ever noticed on commentary, especially with Jerry Lawler, who supports the heels, Lawler, Lawler treated Michaels as if like he was the better wrestler and performer than Diesel on commentary. He wasn't like, you know how sometimes heel commentators might ad- admonish or, or uh, even acknowledge when like a heel cheats? Yeah. You know what I mean? Lawler doesn't necessarily do that here. He more or less like kind of boasts and brags about Michael's ability being the better athlete than Diesel. You know what I mean? Which in a way is seen as a babyface move um, I guess it depends on how you do it. I think if you look at it, like it's almost like, well, he's not the champion, but he is the better wrestler. Yeah. He is, you know what I mean? It's, yep. it's, 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 it's as if, like, you got to find something to to use to put him over. Yeah. And, I, and if you do, if you deliver it properly, it comes off as heelish. Like, oh, you're just saying that because he's not the champion. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that, and again, I'd have to go back and hear it. But I would gather because he was still a heel at this point that they were he was trying to really just find something to say that he was better at than Diesel. Yeah. Which could then, you know, validate why he should be the champion, mm-hmm. even though he's not. Yeah. Um but again, I'd have to go back and hear that again. But again, you know, these things that Sean's doing to cut off Diesel's comebacks are so are very baby face like. But yeah. the fact that he slows down makes it heelish. Yep. Or less of a babyface move because if he's if he's if he cuts off those comebacks and just kind of keeps bumping around and flying around, well, you're just gonna get the crowd excited and you're really gonna take that sympathy away from Diesel. Yeah, you know what I mean. But when he sits there and hits that back elbow springboard off the out of the corner and then sits there and looks at the camera and kind of looks around and gets up and takes his time. Yeah, you know you're you're really you're really working to not 
get yourself over more so than you're trying to again put sympathy on Diesel. So yeah. again, genius. Oh yeah. Again, just taking his sweet ass time. You know, I think Sean probably was a little more frustrated with what the activities outside the ring, and this, you know, those inner workings of the match. Was that elbow those drop elements. I was talking about? Yep. Right there. That's that's been in the uh, that's not only been in the Shawn Michaels highlight reel, but yeah. and look at Taturo selling it. Like that was cool. Like they went and showed like perfect timing. Like they showed. Yeah, like, he was like, oh man. He was like, ooh, that that, that one's got to hurt. Yeah, you yeah know? that did him in. Like I, I like that. That was that was that was that was produced very well. Yeah. Even if it was very organic, it still came yeah. off very well. Um, yeah, look at him now slowing him down. The front. Oh, okay, now Diesel. Making a comeback, but trying yeah, to, at trying least, to, yeah. I should say, yeah. But just like Sean's overall demeanor, like isn't like heelish in like his tempo is heelish, not like his like his style, his expression. Okay, his expression isn't heelish. His expression is kind of like what the oh, fuck this, whatever you know. Yeah. And that again, that might be an element of the camera guys and you know the tools he has to work with or mm-hmm. the booking or whatever's going on in his head. He's just kind of like look at him. You can just see his face. Like his face is not telling any stories other than he's just pissed off. Yeah. Um, you would think he would take that that slowdown that he's using, and put like a cockiness on his face to be like, "Yeah, I got this. I'm all right, kid. No problem." You know, and he and he doesn't. Yeah, you don't see a lot of that in this match yeah. from him. He's just kind of like, yeah, you think he, he he doesn't really play to the crowd more so than he's just taking his time. Um, which is again genius. But I think if you added that element of the work that he he can use to the to you know with his relationship with the audience. Mm-hmm. You know, in those first three rows or whatever. Yeah. Then he could it just it would be that much better because mm-hmm. now he just seems like he's working and just moving at his own pace. Yeah. Which worked for trying to not outshine Diesel and actually again make him look better. So I guess ultimately it was you know can't at the end of the day like I said this made him a a WWF champion in my mind. While well, we have a slow point in the match here. Um... It's an interesting story here. Um, just a few weeks before this WrestleMania, Crush was fired by the WWF after being arrested on drug and gun charges in Hawaii. Um, he was arrested after an eight-day investigation that started when authorities intercepted a package meant for him that contained 500 units of anabolic steroids. Police searched his home and found several unregistered handguns and other drugs, including marijuana, and he was booked on five gun charges and seven drug charges. I feel even, like I heard that later. Even though he hasn't been used in months and was basically paid to sit at home, the WWF fired him immediately. I feel like... I- I feel like I heard that in years later, probably in the last like ten or so years, and that I, and I feel like the the charges were heavy. Like he could face serious time because he had a lot of guns. Well, re- do you remember when he came back in late '96, early '97, as a part of the Nation of Domination? And yeah. He was billed as you know he was Crush. People knew who he was, but he was billed as, um, you know, just coming out of prison. I do remember that. Yeah, yep. jail tattoo on the yep. forehead, and he was he, badass, and he looked pretty badass. Yeah, and eventually he was um, managed by Clarence Mason, and Clarence Mason was the one that was going to try and not necessarily like reform him, but like he was under the tutelage of Clarence Mason coming out of prison. Yeah, it was like his lawyer, he was yeah. like his probation officer. Yeah. Basically, he didn't really. I mean, was he a lawyer, Clarence Mason, he was by a trade? He wasn't a ter- oh, in, 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 on TV, I mean, both behind the scenes and on top. Like he was. Well, he, well was I meant a, more on TV. I don't mean. But yeah, he's a he's a he was a legitimate attorney. 
yeah. um, in real life, but they had used that as his character on television. Um, and I think he was only scheduled to be in just for a couple of shots, but he eventually became a regular um, on the on the show. For, it fit. I'll yeah, say that. Yeah, it, it certainly did. Um, but yeah, I thought that was uh, was interesting. Um, it was also a week before this WrestleMania that um, Big John Studd had passed away. Uh-huh. Um after a 17-month battle with Hodgkin's lymphoma, um, Stud apparently discovered he had the disease after working an indie show, real- realizing he had no stamina in the ring. After the match, he felt a lump under his arm in the shower. When he went to the doctor and test done, they discovered a large tumor in his chest. Ooh. He tried to keep the diagnosi- diagnosis a secret and downplayed it to those who knew. And in fact, for most people, the secret only came out last year during Vince McMahon's steroid trial when Stud was called to testify but couldn't do so in person due to his illness and ended up testifying over the phone. He spent really? several months in the hospital over the last year fighting the disease after chemo treatments and then went into remission it later returned and he got a bone marrow transplant which sent him into remission again and then six weeks prior to his passing he suffered a collapsed lung and ran a 108 fever Ooh, which the doctor like said was literally... the highest he had seen someone live through and not yeah. suffer brain damage from yep over the last month, he had strongly gotten into religion due to, well, obvious reasons. Probably um, having a 108-degree fever and seeing cancer, the light, basically. Yeah. The cancer and the chemo. Bam! Super kick. Right there. I believe there's some... Con- Sorry to cut you off. There. No. I believe there's some controversy in Sean's book about this about Diesel's kick out here. Um, I want to see what... I want to recall how that played out. Oh, that's right! Um... I think Sean didn't want Diesel to kick out at one, or like a, a strong two, if I'm correct. And I think that's why Diesel, or I think that's why Sean like botched the, oh yeah, here it is. Yeah, yes. that wasn't even a strong two. And he, yeah. Well, it was a strong two. That was quick, a quick off the two kick out, which, that well, was Sean his fucking kinda, finisher. Sean kind of had a lazy cover there, if you look back on it. He didn't exactly, he didn't. Probably because, well, I, I remember in the book, Sean and Diesel had, a back and forth of Vince, at least according to Sean, about that spot because they're like that'll just fucking bury Sean. Yeah, and they were like we can't do that. So maybe Sean just did the loose cover because he was like, well, I'm doing what I'm told, but I don't like it, yeah. and uh, I need to kind of hedge myself a little bit. Yeah. So um, maybe that was it. But I remember I that being why, a thing. I think that's why Sean kind of um, power bombed himself in the finish. If you if, when we go back and watch it, we'll we'll see as the, this match is nearing its end um sid removing the turnbuckle um with a swiss army knife by the way um but um yeah we're at the uh the tail end here Hebner making the count um justin's going to use the facilities to uh to to replenish himself so we can uh finish off this uh this watch along here uh i'll be uh Calling the calling the shots until he comes back from hitting the head. Michael's making the cover here. One, two, oh, kick out by Diesel. Staying alive in this WWF Championship main event match here. Sid thought he got the job done for for Shawn Michaels. Earl Hebner coming to. Um, Michael's going to the second rope here, looking to uh, use the aerial. Uh, and Diesel stopping him with that sidewalk slam, signature sidewalk slam from Diesel as he's uh, holding his ribs. Michaels had put some work on the ribs earlier in the match with the elbow drop off the top rope, the splash on the outside. Hebner making the count here. Um, 
for those of you that uh, you know have any uh, um, you know memories of this uh, WrestleMania uh, that want to discuss it even further, and then those of you that are looking for um, some you know podcast material to listen to in the event that WrestleMania does not take place this year um, from Tampa, Florida, uh, you can hit up us on uh, social media, Facebook.com forward slash Kicking Out It Two, as well as our Twitter. Our handles at Kicking Out Two. Hit the like button and give us a follow on both Facebook and Twitter. We're gonna have all kinds of great content for you from kicking out at two as well as the retromania pro wrestling podcast network some bonus content we're still going to celebrate wrestlemania weekend even if wrestlemania doesn't celebrate wrestlemania weekend thanks to the biggest heel of all time well up to this point known as the coronavirus so uh you can search retromania with a w find all the great podcasts from the retromania pro wrestling podcast network on podbean you can also search for retromania by with a w on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Spotify, Stitcher, and so many other great podcast platforms available. As Diesel's now making the big comeback on Shawn Michaels, sending him into the ropes. Big boot. Ooh, that one looked like he connected there for sure. Um, Michaels out, down for the count. Um, he's revving up those engines. Here it is. Oh, yeah. Black glove. You see Jenny McCarthy and Pam Anderson getting into it. Um, he's setting up for the big one, the uh, the 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 jackknife power bomb going in here. And this is yep. This is where Michaels kind of yeah. They botched the finish right there. He kind of jackknifed himself as Diesel gets the cover two and three, and your winner and still World Wrestling Federation champion, big. Daddy Cool Diesel. As he's going to be carried out by Sean here. Or Sean's going to be carried out by Sid, I should say. We just, Justin's back after uh, hitting the head. Um, Lead the old lizard. Yeah. <laughs> In your pants, wimp. Oh, I only could have. <laughs> Sean and Sid uh, making their, uh, their exit uh, with uh, JR and his uh, Sony Discman headphones. As Sid is proclaiming it's not over, Sean's the real winner. Diesel looking to celebrate here. So the victor goes the spoils. Yeah, gets both of them. Yeah, yeah. Threesome, Big Daddy Cool style. You know, I'm gonna t I'm gonna take uh take a little uh, pisser real quick and uh, hit the head while you. Uh, I'll oh, let boy. you. Uh, Take over the reins right. for a minute or take two as we watch. Yeah, take the wheel while, while I uh, while I go bleed the lizard myself. Cool. Cool. And uh, Martinez coming in for this, uh, this threesome, not a foursome. <laughs> and facing the hard camera correctly. And there's JTT doing his thing. The WrestleMania glamour shot, the uh, 95 version of Hogan must pose. Um, yeah, so, you know, this is, you know, just the, the baby face attempt the crowning moment, if you will, for Diesel. They were obviously running with him hard since November. Um, you know, so this was the, you know, that was the idea then. But, you know, in my mind, years later, this was the beginning of the end for him. That's how much Sean was able to accomplish for himself uh, with his performance um, while trying his damnedest to get Diesel over. But he, in many ways, showed the audience who the real champ is. Um, and... Apparently there seems to be a struggle to get out of the ring. I'm not sure how or why, but you know, not a, it ain't ballet. You know, it's not their equipment, so they don't know the, they don't know how it works so much. But um, 
yeah, like I said, this was more the beginning of the end for 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 Big Daddy Cool, and uh, <clears throat> I remember this this uh, this promo, this segment right here, um, really kind of nailed it for me in terms of man, that guy, look what he put himself through to uh, to be you know to to become champion, and he and he and it came up short um, right here. I remember distinctly as a six-year-old watching this part of the, the show going, man, Shawn Michaels should have won. Um, and the passion he delivers here in the replay, and it shows you everything here. Um, boom. Uh, going back to that controversial backstage bureaucratic kickout um, that was so important to the finish of the match. All right, um, I'm back. I feel like a new man. Jesus. I know, right? Jeez. Fucking killed my bladder here. Yeah. It's been a while. Usually I can hang through a watch along without having to take a piss, but we both had coffee and a, and a, a, a beverage, so uh, it was a matter of time. Yeah, and no, I was just saying how this segment here, I distinctly remember as a six-year-old watching Shawn Michaels just deliver his promo and Sid deliver his and go, this was this was literally the moment where I was like, Shawn Michaels d- should be the champion. Should have been the champ. This yeah. was my like light bulb, like, ah, like yeah. Shawn's, 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 you know, he's a, he's a, he's a top guy. Yep. Um, the you know maybe even the top guy. Um, like I said, the ladder match definitely put him in a main event position, and and this put him in like a superstar position. Yeah, no, he know, was, there are stars, he, and then there are superstars. He wasn't going back down the card. Yeah, after exactly. This. He was he was well cemented after this, in my opinion. It doesn't get the flat the um, the recognition I feel like it deserves. Yeah. Um, is that Ron Zombie, independent wrestler behind Jerry Lawler? I think the Ron Zombie. Is. I think that is. Oh my is. god. Wow. Holy smokes. Ron Zombie. So Bill Brown's probably not too far behind. No, Bill Brown's somewhere in there. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Wild Bill Brown. Yeah. What do we, we got go. here? This what are they showing? The, is this, this the, is the um, main oh, event? You know what? Let's let's turn the sound up for the introductions yeah. here, the football. The Million Dollar Corporation. Low key faction. Not bad. I liked it. It was like the when they announced the lineups from Monday Night Football, yeah. you know? You know, they should have added, like, where they went to college. That would have been cool yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Especially some of these guys were legit athletes, you know yeah, what I mean? Football players, yeah. Yeah, you could have been like, oh, you know, from, you know, West Texas State University or whatever, you know? They should have gotten the uh, the Allen Parsons Project, Chicago Bulls. Probably, the rights to that in 1995 were probably no pretty penny. Yeah. Probably... Factories full of pennies. Yep. To get the race to that. Um, here he is. And head coach, million was, dollar man, Ted DiBiase. That was part of our, uh, our, our, our entrance at, at my wedding, was the Alan Parsons um, in the beginning. Was it? For the for the, the parents and the grandparents. Oh, um, okay. I didn't, um, I, I didn't hear that. Yeah. No yeah, no, shit. You guys came out to Poison's Nothing But a Good Time. I yeah. Was, I, was really, I was really pushing hard for, you know, some wrestling related. Um, Hey, you got the belts. That was cool. And then classic Monday Night Football. (sighs) Patterson getting that payday as the ref. Get outside, Bundy. We got to do the gaga. (laughs) A fair pace. Ken Naughton. Was he in the WrestleMania 2 Battle Royale as well? No. no? He was not. He wasn't even playing anymore, I think, at this point, right? He was still playing for the Niners. He was part of the Niners. Still in 1985? Yeah, because okay. he was on the set. 
Yeah, he was part of their Super Bowl team, I think. Chris Spielman. Because that was the year, the, the, the 75 anniversary year. Yeah, you're right. You know what's interesting about this show? Salt and Pepper, they don't show their performance with the music. They couldn't get the rights for the song yeah, on this on the network. That's some of the bad, that's some of the downers to a lot of these. Carl Banks. Vince did a good job with these intros. Yeah, this is right up his wheelhouse in 1995. Reggie White. Oh, Reggie White's coming up. Mago was on the Packers team, that's right. He ended his career with, with Green Bay, yeah. I believe. I don't think he was there the next year, though. Because that's oh, when he... he had like a quick Because the next year they won the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. He wasn't on the team. Let me just throw out baseball, football cards. Oh. The Minister of Defense, McMahon, come yeah. on. I remember being woken up the day after Christmas. Probably... I don't remember what year it was exactly, but it was probably in the last like ten years. And dad, to dad telling me that Reggie White died. Yeah, he that's died. Crazy. He died the night before. I was like, oh my god, that's and that's the all worst. because he didn't wear sleep the, apnea. He had sleep apnea. He wasn't treated right, or he just didn't wear the the, the something. Sleep I don't know the. Yeah, I'm not sure the circumstances around exactly what happened, but I know he had sleep apnea. So I'm not sure if he wasn't if it was unknown or known or whatnot. But yeah, he had and he had he, and it wasn't he'd probably retired maybe. In, Five, six years prior, he'd played a long time. Yeah. I think the early 2000s, he might have retired. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. might be right. Yeah. Like 2000, 2001, maybe. Maybe 99 at the earliest. I remember when this match was announced, you know, with LT and Bigelow being, you yeah. know, a big selling point to mom and dad that, like, I want to get this pay-per-view, you know, or go to this because it was the Giants. And I thought dad would be like, oh, yeah, sure thing, you know. And he said we couldn't afford it, so we'd get it on pay-per-view. But um, they did a good job dressing it up given the limited, uh, you know, wrestling capabilities LT had yeah. with all these guys surrounding the ring. But I, what I... They did a good job of building it up on TV with LT not being at TV every week. Yeah. You know, they had Mongo and, and, and Kama have a brawl on a Monday Night Raw yep. that, that rivaled some of the, the best pull-aparts in wrestling history. Like, these yep. two, like, killed each other. I, do, I thought, like, it was a legitimate fight between the two yeah, of them. I do remember that being, like, an undercard feud of the overall feud yep. between the pros and the and million, the million dollar, dollar team or LLT and Bam they Bam was, was Mongo and Kama. And they would, I, you know, part of me feels like, and maybe a Bruce Pritchard podcast can, can add validity to it. Part of me feels like they wanted Mongo full time. And this might've been kind of like them treading that water to figure it out. It wouldn't surprise me. Given where was, he ended up going afterwards. Yeah. At least. It wouldn't surprise me if that was true. Um, yeah. I, I liked this too, where he fucking, he trashes salt and pepper. Takes the jacket yeah. off and then puts it back on, yeah. only to make it, you know, a few more feet into the I ring. Wonder, I wonder if that jacket is in some storage unit somewhere. That would be a cool have. Or maybe he has it, or maybe his, you know, his estate yeah. has it. That would be neat. Another one that who's long overdue for the Hall of Fame. Oh, for Bam sure. Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah. He's been projected to go in for like the last eight years, practically. And every time we hear of, you know, why he doesn't, they, they switch things up. I know they don't like to um, induct so many folks who have passed away in one single class. Um, they've done it before. 
Yeah, um, I think I think they just want to get away from it. They try not to do it. You know, they try not to have too many downer of moments. I think they learned their lesson with like that year. It, WrestleMania was in the last time Mania was in California when they had you know um, Savage go in. Yep, and then. They did the the Warrior Award for that kid Connor McCulloch. Like that was like yeah. a huge like downer. Not because he was going in, obviously, but because you know a lot of sadness. Yeah, it's to me. I I remember that one specifically as a WrestleMania. Here comes LT. Um, I always wanted that jumpsuit. Yeah, that's got to be a cool have as well. He's probably got that. Um, He's probably sold that. I think. Um, I think that one. Like they're almost like. They're, I don't want to compare them to the ESPYs entirely, the Hall of Fames, though. But there seems to be, like, running themes between, you know, um, like, everyone kind of checks a box. Like, that year, like, uh, Savage's brother accepted uh, Leaping Lanny Patho. And he, and he kept talking about how much Randy loved the Special Olympics. And yep. he loved cheering on the Special Olympians. And I was like, all right, check, Special Olympics. We got that. Yeah. And then, I don't, I don't mean that in a mean way, but, no, like, it, it was very, it was, but it was great because that's that's the good stuff about what, how much wrestling moves people. Yeah. And then, you know, you look at Conor McCulloch, you know, uh, pediatric cancer, check. Yep. You know, one thing we want to, you know, advocate for its, its awareness. And then, you know, what was the other one? I, you know, there was... You know, the military. I think um, Alundra Blaze's husband came for the Hall of Fame yeah. when she got it. Check. Yeah. Military. Support the troops. Yeah. And every and then I recall, you know, every year after the that award came out, it was like there were social, you know, awareness issues that they used the Hall of Fame as a platform to 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 bring to bring forward. You know, I think the following year was um, you know, you know, again the Warrior War does that already, but again, it just every year is just something different, and I think that's so cool. Yeah. Um, so it's all good things, but yeah, you, a lot of melancholy feelings. Um, yeah, you don't want to. I think also more more than just the sadness of it. Interesting, different uh, cameras there. Um, more than just the sadness of it is, you know, bring bring in uh, inducting too many wrestlers who are no longer with us at once. I think reminds the mainstream of the 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 darker underbelly of wrestling that yep. Vince McMahon has tried to repair. Yeah. Um, you know, when you see guys like Bulldog and Bam Bam who've, you know, left us far too early, you know, that gives us questions as to why. Yeah. Um it brings back those questions. So yeah. um that would be the I think the main driver behind that. You don't want that as much, I think at least. So I mean, who knows? But uh, you know those guys, all these guys will eventually get in. I think you know it's 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 uh, it's important. I think to remember the past and you know look forward to the future, and that's what I think the Hall of Fame is good for nowadays. The uh, the New York Daily News when this, when it was announced that LT was going to be taking part in WrestleMania reported that Lawrence Taylor was paid over a hundred thousand dollars for his participation in the angle at the Royal Rumble in Tampa. I was about to say this, um, <laughs> and he would be paid another a hundred thousand dollars or more to work WrestleMania. Uh, Meltzer isn't really sure how accurate those figures are, um, but then another story would come out. Despite all the media saying Taylor's making 500 grand to work this show, a few sources tell Meltzer the real number is in the 100 to 150 thousand dollar range, but no one knows for sure because there's apparently a non-disclosure clause in the deal, and Taylor isn't talking. Some in the media have claimed that Lawrence Taylor's doing it because he has financial problems, which he's denied, of course. But it turns out later on he did need the money, um, you know, and and work this event. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think 
Me personally, like I, I think this was a money grab for him. Sure. Um, I don't know what his financial situation was like, but knowing the kind of life that he had lived publicly, it wouldn't have surprised me if he went through a lot of his money um, with his known partying um, and his partaking in uh, the adult beverages and recreational narcotics um that, yeah. that, that, that this was this this was done to maintain his lifestyle i mean you sent me that link he still does like sports card shows and memorabilia shows like in conventions and yep. things like that you know like i have a bucket list to meet him and have him sign my uh my my wwf magazine cover that's framed over there yep. with him on the cover um bulldog by lt with patterson making a making the cover at two now people call this the worst WrestleMania of all time from the worst Wrestle worst WrestleMania main event from the worst WrestleMania of all time. At 12 years old, I had no grand expectations that he was going to put on an unbelievable classic performance with a Bam Bam Bigelow. I looked at him and Bigelow as their match resembling a fight. And yeah. I think that's what we got here. And I think this was acceptable for WrestleMania. Should it have been the main event? From a hype standpoint, I understand why yeah, they did it. Fucking world-class athlete just fucking leaps over the top rope like it's nothing. Yeah. Jeez, that's why he's in the ring. That's why he's yeah. there. Yeah, this was cool here. Did you ever watch that LT documentary on Showtime? Yeah, they kind of briefly mentioned this as like a dark spot in his life. Like, yeah. ah, you know, he did the wrestling because he couldn't pay his bills. Yeah. I don't know what he was thinking. That was probably it. He's probably fucked up the whole time. Stuff like that. Um, there's another story at this time regarding LT. Um that he was a sports analyst on TNT and recently lost his job, um, according to an interview he did with ESPN in the, in the hype for this WrestleMania. Um, he's claiming, LT had claimed at the time in this interview, that he was fired by TNT because he was working this WrestleMania. Really? And TNT is owned by Ted Turner, who owns WCW. Hmm. But it wouldn't surprise me, given, yeah. the, given the tension between the two. Well, that, but also it wouldn't surprise me given the fact that sometimes he wasn't exactly all there and on the up and up publicly. Like there's, there's a famous CBS sports. Yeah. They, they showed that in the documentary. Where he I, was fucking yeah. high as a kite. Yeah. He was all fucked up. I, and, I that was the first time I'd ever seen questioned that. him on the air, live on the air that if he was under the influence and he got so mad, I think he like took the head, he took the earpiece out and threw the mic and like, he like walked off the interview. I think he cussed oh a few times God. too. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if because of the way he conducted himself, that that was a reason why TNT. Um, that's true. I mean, he was, it was, that's, that's kind of the way his, uh, and this was only two years removed from his actual retirement. He retired in '93 from football. That's right. So this wasn't—he was still fresh in the mind of sports fans yeah. and in pop culture. I kind of wonder why, or if if there's a reason why he's not so relevant in the football world now. Like you don't see him doing, you know, Fox sports coverage, CBS coverage. Do you think they're still like leery of his? Past demons or his demons, if they still well, exist. Didn't or... a couple years ago he get caught? He got caught with an underage prostitute. Yeah, you know. But he did. He's, he's a registered sex offender. He had to. He had to. They they had to plead him down to that because he said he didn't know that she was underage. Which, 
Who knows? Could be the case. Yeah, could you know, be the give case. Give the man the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. He's a human being. Um, I remember you know. that story breaking, and his lawyer was on uh, Mike Mike Francesa's show, and like literally as it's all happening, like yeah. he was probably still in fucking prison. Yeah, he was. Yeah, like, he or in jail. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I remember that being bail. a big news story. Um, but I won. Like he seems like he's reached a point in his life where he's you know recovered. From his past transgressions. Maybe he hasn't. Maybe that's why he's not. But I feel like, you know, you put him on there with like a Terry Bradshaw or a Howie Long or those types. You know, he could do well. ESPN, even Rex Ryan, those guys. Like he's, he's, you know, in the rest, in the football fraternity, he's, he's, you know. He was at the Super Bowl well when they respected. did that presentation for the NFL 100 team. Yeah, one of the you greatest, know, he, one of the greatest players in the yeah, history of football. He, Absolutely. He, he was there. And, and you, I don't know if you, I'm sure you watched the game live, you know. Yeah. I, I watched it here, but. Not to bring up a wrestling term, but he got one of the biggest pops. I believe it when when I, they I can, introduced him. I don't distinctly remember that, but I believe it absolutely. Like I remember, like being like, "There's my man," and then like you could hear the ovation when like they announced him. Yeah. Um, because I even questioned, you know, if he was going to be a part of that, given that it's been, you know, I think like three or four years since that that charge. No, it's been much longer than that. Oh, really? Yeah. I really? want to say it's been almost like ten years now, maybe since he was charged as a sex offender. Well, he had to register. He wasn't charged as one, so I think or that was part of the plea the, agreement. With the sexual assault. They were like, "All right, we will believe." There wasn't any sexual assault. It was we prostitution. Will, we, right. I think he got charged with that, and then they will, they like dropped the rape charge part of it. Yeah. Because and they were like, "We'll drop that. We'll you know just give you the prostitution as like a you know lesser charge, and then we'll but you have to register as a sex offender." I think that's what it was. Yeah. See, um, I, I I I'm sure that football is probably leery of. Of, of working with him like in that capacity as a as a you know a color analyst um yeah it's almost 10 years i ago. also think too that like he's a creature of habit he he enjoys the life that he has you know on a recent sorry uh, no that's okay on a recent episode of uh something to wrestle with bruce pritchard when they covered the 95 rumble bruce talked about how when in preparation for wrestlemania with you know lawrence taylor um the LT, all he wanted to do was golf. Like yeah. He, but he, but he was committed to the training. So he said, "I will train for you as often and as much as you need me to to prepare for this. But I want to make sure I at least get nine holes of golf in every day." So yeah, they worked that's the cool. training schedule around his golf schedule. So to me, I feel like. He's he's a creature of habit and enjoys his free time and enjoys golfing. Yeah, that like he doesn't want to, you know, spend an entire football season on the road a couple of days a week or in a studio. You know what I mean? Like fucking waffle. But but he still does the travel for like the sports conventions and stuff too. I'm sure that I don't know if he's I don't even think he's exactly hurting for cash either. I don't think so either. I think he's done all right with his money now. I'm sure he had some moments where, you know, he pissed a lot of it away. Um, I think he's I think he's doing all right. I think he does those more because A, they make him money and B, like it's something to do. I think he's also got like a couple of football camps. Yeah, I'm pretty that, sure that he that, that that he you know owns. Plus, he can, um, you know he'll collect a nice payday for a movie role or a cameo in yeah, this or that. Any given know. Sunday. Yeah, the yeah. Water Boy. Yeah, you know, those are obviously long time. You know, he did but... the big event in New York, the wrestling convention last year. 
I think I heard that. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it was, you know, a month before WrestleMania had come to, you know, the New York, New Jersey area. I thought for sure, if he did a wrestling convention that he was going to be the celebrity inductee in the hall of fame last year. Yeah. Given the timing and given the, the circumstances. They, I don't even, I don't even think they had a celebrity. inductee, Ooh, right? Jesus. Right in his fucking face. As of right now, they haven't announced one, but uh, by the time this they drops, they may. Me. No, I mean last year. Last year, they didn't do one. Yeah, that's right. I wasn't, okay. I'm not they crazy. didn't do one last year. Yeah, I was fucking there, so I don't remember. Which was fine with me. <laughs> the only thing I remember about that Hall of Fame was the guy trying to jump the Brett, which, Brett, is, which yeah. was a scary situation for, for a brief moment, but they got back on track pretty quickly. Kick out. That was yeah. a good kick out by L- LT. LT. I remember at some point in this match, and it might have already happened, LT's blown the fuck sky high. Um, you know, he's... Being in ring shape is a real thing compared to any other sport. And he's, yeah. despite being a world-class athlete, he's barely hanging on, as you can literally see. Oh, I think he was already blown up by there was Yeah, there was a point in this match, and I don't know if we'd reached it yet, but... See, look at him. He can't even... Lawler had said, that, you know, he'd sit... Holy he'd, shit. He said something like, oh, it's the fourth quarter for LT right now. Yeah. Like, you know, like... Yeah, it's, the football analogy. Yeah. yeah. And I remember specifically hearing that, like, yeah, yeah, it basically. So, yeah, it's not cutting time, as, as JR would say, for LT. Kick Ooh, out there. Patterson almost fucked it up for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this. Maybe there's a little bias because I am a Giants fan. I am a Lawrence Taylor fan, but I thought he did pretty well with this. With yeah, this no, absolutely. And I don't hype. even. And I think people. I think because this WrestleMania was not a very good WrestleMania, and because this was the main event, I don't think he he gets enough credit for his contributions. And clearly, Bigelow doesn't get enough credit yes. for what he did to make this match work and make it as acceptable as it was. Yeah, no, I, I I'll agree with you on that. I think I think. Um... You got to look at these celebrity involvements, these you know outsider involvements, and take them for what they are. Yep. You know what I mean? As far as what the match is going to be, you know, you're not getting a wrestling match. No. Any of them. You know, that's the surprise when you do. You know, when a Ronda Rousey comes in and it's a wrestling match, you're like, holy smokes! Yeah. First time ever. You know, but usually you're she not. She had gonna... a lot of help, but she still delivered on her end. Yeah, when she played. Yeah, she played her part. Yeah. Um. But for the most part, you have to just be, have a practical, realistic expectation of what you're going to get. And I think that's this in a nutshell. Um, I just hope for Gronk's case, you know, and I'm sure he's going, you know, as the weeks lead up, depending on how this whole coronavirus thing plays out, he's going to have some kind of physical involvement um, heading into WrestleMania. Um, I just hope that they don't do too much with him too soon. You know, right. he's a great athlete, but I hope they don't try try too hard to reinvent the wheel with him. Um, yeah, I also think he's a good character where you don't even you don't even need um, him to wrestle right now if you don't if it's not necessary. Like he could he could play a role. Yeah, that doesn't inc- require him to wrestle. Like, is wrestling going to move the needle more than him? You know, just maybe being a talking head or being in someone's corner, probably. But what's that going to look like afterwards, you know? These forearms look so stiff. Yeah. You know what? I like them, though. Yeah, same here. They look very athletic. Yes. Like, it, 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 like this is the finish, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, it's, it works. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, LT. Boom. Yeah. And everyone's just like, oh, God. Please, no. One, two, three. Match over. WrestleMania over. Your winner Lawrence Taylor. And he literally cannot get up. 
They had to like lift him up yeah. and carry him, like fucking Rudy style. They brought, yeah, exactly. They brought his son in the ring, and like, yeah, like, even his, he couldn't even lift up his old man. Look at it. it's just here you see a couple, like getting Bam Bam out of the ring. Yeah, they're like rolling him out. Yep, Bam Bam's more fine than LT. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, he's hurting, man. He just, he's like, holy shit. Like, the physical toll it takes, and like you said, ring shape is no joke. Like, it's a different form of cardio than any other athlete. Look, yeah, there yeah. you go. Can barely, look, he can barely hold it. They got people holding up his arms. Holy cow, yeah. man. And he's going to drop. Who knows what he was doing the night before, too? Yeah. I mean, I mean, he looked like he was ready to go come match time. Like, he looked like he was, he was, he was... Bold. Well, the way he jumped so, over that top rope, too. Yeah, like I said, he looked like he was good. So if he was on anything, man, he did not look it. No. But, God, he is fucked and, up. And, and the the match didn't go too long. It went as long as it should have. Um, I think it also speaks to, like, the... the not and he's not and If he's acting, he should have a fucking Academy Award right now. But clearly, oh, yeah. he looks like he's blown the fuck up. Also, like, it's him selling... The brutality he just yeah. went through with a professional wrestler, I know, which I thought was kind of cool too. Like he 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 survived, and that is the end of WrestleMania 11 on the WWE Network. Obviously, they if you remember as a kid, they, they celebrated with they Salt celebrated and Pepper and Salt all that. Yeah. Singing, and he like he got up on the podium over there and danced with them as best he could. Um, I'm sure, yeah. but yeah, and obviously with the the there's no rights to that music, so they can't uh, they can't show that here on the network, but. Yeah. Um, you know something, man? This has been a lot of fun, and I'm not. I've been as as this as our podcast has gone on today. I honestly think this is probably one of our better podcasts that we've done. Maybe it's because we haven't done one in a while together. Maybe the subject with WrestleMania 11. Maybe the the whole you know coronavirus outbreak and the pandemic that is you know taking over our world. But this is. One of the best ones we've ever done, and and That's I cool. appreciate you taking the yeah, time to uh, to come on and do this with me. Um, because of the way things are structured, I had some plans following this podcast for what I'm going to do for next week. They still might happen. I still might be doing some Money in the Bank retrospectives. I'm not sure yet, but I will make sure I have brand new content each and every week, as I always do here on Kicking Out at Two. Thank you all so very much for joining us, watching what Justin claims is the worst WrestleMania of all time, WrestleMania 11 from the WWE Network. Uh, once again, thank you for, uh, for for joining me this week. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, I'm, I, maybe I was able to convince some that this was in fact the worst wrestlemania of all time and as i've watched it back again i am as confident as ever <laughs> that this is indeed the worst your stamp of live from hartford connecticut the worst wrestlemania in history to date very nice very nice I, it's hard not to argue that um but you know if you, if, if 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 you want to find out what we thought was the worst wrestlemania of all time in our top 10 you can join me and kobe nida for some wrestlemania bonus content on the retromania pro wrestling podcast network right now on podbean with our top 10 worst wrestlemanias of all time he's got a list i got a list we're gonna see how far we get with these wrestlemanias we're gonna see if we have a similar list what's different you can find that out on the retromania pro 
Pro Wrestling Podcast Network by searching Retromania with a W on Podbean, as well as other great bonus content for you. Um, some more shows from Kicking Out at Two, Hulkamania is Dead, Gaijin Wrestling Radio, Origins of Attitude, and all the great bonus content we have over there. Some WrestleMania bonus content. Like I said, it's March 14th right now. We're recording this, but hopefully by April 1st when this drops, um, there will be some good news regarding not only this pandemic, but... Um, WrestleMania 36 taking place. But if not, if it's April 1st and there is no WrestleMania, then we're still going to celebrate WrestleMania weekend with all of you and all the great listeners of the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network and kicking out it too. And with that being said, I think it's about that time that we put this show down for the three count. We will see you. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Practice basic hygiene. And we'll see you all next week. <laughs>